In this episode of, uh, okay. Big Navi, <laughs> Adobe AI, PS5, got it. In this episode of The Full Nerd, damn it, I just can't remember this. I'm tripping on that Big Navi thing. What's up with that? All right, here we go. In this episode of The Full Nerd, and I just spit. I don't want that to be in there. <laughs> in this episode of The Full Nerd, Big Navi, Adobe and NVIDIA AI, and PS5 Teardown. Welcome to Apple Full Nerd. Ah, welcome to Full Nerd episode 154. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with Elena Yi. Hello, everybody. Brad is taking a chill day today, finally. And well Adam Patrick Murray is, of course, controlling the vertical and horizontal. You know, we had somebody in Discord yesterday ask, uh, Gordon, where does that verticals and horizontals come from? Does that come from uh, the outer limits? Yes, yes. But I was, you know, I figured, you know, only people who know what a television and actually what a vertical and horizontal control are on a television. So for people who don't know, on old analog sets, sometimes you know it would start rolling and stuff. So you would actually, on very, very old, some color, very early color and some black and whites, you would actually adjust it so the signal would not start you know, going out of sync and, and rolling off the screen continually. It's true. No one knows what I'm talking about. Like They don't even know what a CRT is. Right? <laughs> well... Yeah, that's who, a shame. Hey, who at, you use a CRT, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. You actually, okay. Oh, yeah. And Elena, definitely. I know, uses a CRT. I, until late last fall, I had one at my desk. But did you use it? Yeah, it was my second monitor. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really, I didn't know you were such a hipster. Not a hipster. It was just that I was, um, I was really, really wedded to good, you know, really no it's just that no one's made an oled monitor yet and i really like having true blacks so i had because i had an old tn panel for my main panel so you mean affordable are, oled affordable <laughs> oled is what you mean they don't, they don't really OLED. make they don't really even make oled monitors period that's the problem oh yeah dell dell oled about three years ago i'm sure it was like three thousand dollars or something but not a latest yeah. pricing not only also can't get a student panel, discount so not you know, uh, I, good enough. I will say, I do think like, you know, because we don't remember, but, you know, we're, we had now have 300 hertz panels are pretty nice. We're going to push further than that. CRT was, I wonder if we've actually caught up to a CRT yet because CRTs, yeah, they sucked in a lot of aspects, but like those perfect gradients, you know, you don't get that steer step gradient on the, the pan, on, on, uh, on, on them. And then also... They're just like, it feels like the infinite, you know, refresh. It's just, it's just, I don't know. Maybe we should all go back and be hipsters. Uh, well, little known fact, I actually, when I was younger, I, I preferred the Outer Limits over the Twilight Zone for a long time. Now they probably don't hold up as well as some of the best Twilight Zone episodes, but yeah. Yeah, they don't have classics like, you know, William Shatner. That was a that was a classic one. There were so many yeah. classic Rod Serling Twilight Zones. You know, the Outer Limit had its had its moments. Yeah, I, th so. I think the Outer Limits had a, a higher floor, but the Twilight Zone had a higher ceiling, if that makes sense. Didn't they remake it? Remake what? Outer Limits? One of those. Did they remake well, the, Twilight Zone? Or yeah, though they had Outer a Twilight Zone movie. I had no idea that I, I watched. Sure it came out terrible. like early 90s. It was horrible. Oh man! Oh yeah, uh, that one was yeah. That was a that was a horrible itself because that was John Landis produced. 
the the star Vic Morrow was killed in a horrible accident along with two other children in a scene where the Huey crashed. It was just it was. Oh, horrible. I heard about that. Horrible. I had no idea that was. Ooh. And they still went ahead and released it. I understand, but I mean that was that was a that was a you know three fatalities on a set. You you kind of wonder what you do at that point, but yeah, yeah. But uh, I I think it's just hard to do. It's really hard to do. You know, serialized television doesn't translate into the big screen and often. You know, like look at the next generation movies from Star Trek. They just they never worked. Star Trek the original series did it for some reason. I don't, I don't know why they were able to transcend that, but you know. And I guess Star Wars actually has done pretty well with Mandalorian. You know, getting onto TV. There's it. It, it really takes a lot of work. You know, I, it does. You have to understand the medium, do, right? Yeah, we are, we're getting lost here. We are, we are getting we're. lost. I want to talk about this rumor before Brad jumps in here and shuts us down. Oh yeah, let's hurry. Let's 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 bring it up. Big Navi rumors. What's what's going on? What's the latest rumors, Gordon? You know, I sh- I need to I need to give the proper credit for where this came from. Do it, um, please. That's always uh, it is. always good. So this the latest round goes back to a software engineer. Oh uh, no, no, I got to find this because I got included. This I didn't comment at all when I saw it because. To be honest, I don't know much about GPUs. That's Brad's thing. I'm pretending. But Patrick Schur, who is a software engineer out of Germany, uh, on October 17, he often will go out and look for you know details and drivers and stuff that are embedded. Uh, he put out a tweet saying, Navi 21 XT. This is at Patrick Schur, P-A-T, Patrick, S-C-H-U-R, just to underscore, just to make sure people got that. Navi 21 XT, 16 gigs of GDDR6, no X, 255 watt TGP, not TDP, so total graphics power, and tilde 2.4 gigahertz game clock. So the big news, although uh, the only real sort of new rumor there is that game clock of 2.5, 2.4 gigahertz. If it's true, obviously, it's just pure rumor. He ran into this information somewhere. I don't think he actually said, but that had, of course, everybody really excited because 2.4 gigahertz game clock is, you know, this nothing to sneeze at, right? Because nope, game clock quite, for a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just, it's quite a bit higher than uh, 3080, so. Yeah, you know, they you can't always compare against different architectures, but, uh, you know, one thing, uh, I do think is uh, people have to think about is game clock is generally uh, AMD publishes game clock. If I got this right, I'm going off my memory off of what the board is running at as you play games for a longer while, not simply a short boost clock. So actually it may actually have longer boost clocks. So 2.4 gigahertz game clock means essentially 2.4 gigahertz in games. It's pretty significant. Um, and again, I do think people are going to want to compare it to, you know, Ampere, which I, it gets weird because the architectures are so different. But remember, it's RDNA 2, and I think it is fair to compare it to the only other RDNA 2 things we could think about, which is Xbox Series X. So I went ahead and grabbed the, the rumors or actually the published specs on, on theirs. I don't know if you guys should have sent them to you as well. I'll read them off. Yep. So against an Xbox Series X, which is the new one, not the old one that sounds the same and people bought by accident. That has 56 CUs. So if this is correct that uh, Big Navi 21 has 80 CUs, which has been rumored before, that's about 
uh, increase in CUs, uh, streaming processors. Rumors are uh, 3328 for Xbox Series X, 5120 for this. Not in this tweet, but that's been rumored elsewhere. And basically 54% increase in SPs. Clock speed, the Xbox Series X is 1825. And if this is 2400, we're looking at about a 32% increase in clock speed. So, you know, 43% higher CU, 54% more SPs, and a 32% higher clock than an Xbox Series X. And I think it's probably fair to compare it to that because we sort of have an idea of where Xbox Series X will perform, I guess, maybe. Well, I mean, there's also PlayStation 5, which is the higher clocked console. So that's that, separately speaking, that's a whole other thing where... It'll be interesting to see where PlayStation 5 with lower CUs but higher clock speed versus Xbox Series X with more CUs but lower clock speed to see how they perform. Yes, and I also have those as well for PS5, just so people can talk about this to discuss. Um, these totally unfounded, could-be-made-up numbers we don't know, but that's never stopped anybody before. PS5, supposedly 36 CUs versus 80. That's 122% more CUs in supposedly Big Navi 21. SPs 2304 for the PS5, uh, 5120, 122% more. Uh, for clock speed, uh, supposedly PS5 is 2230, 2.2 GHz basically, versus 2.4 GHz, so about 8% higher game clock for Big Navi. So, you, I mean, I don't know. I, to me, oh. it sounds like, you know, because we could sort of look at the performance previews we've seen of both consoles here. This part looks like it's going to be a monster, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, and we'll get to this later in the show. Uh, Adam and I have been talking a lot about PC builds, you know, to compare against the upcoming next generation consoles. And a lot of the discussion about the games and consoles is that they play at 4K or at 120 frames per second is at least what I'm understanding by looking at all the previews. Whereas on the PC side, when we talk about Big Navi, it's not an or situation. It's like and. You 4K yeah, I, and above a certain frame rate. You do um, 1440p, 144 hertz, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I just don't think that they're necessarily comparable because it's obvious that the the part that we're going to be getting uh, for Big Navi is just so much more of a beast. Yeah, but I mean, not necessarily comparable, but I think it's because there's a lot of different things. You know, they have their own operating systems. They they are highly optimized for their metal. They're closer to the metal generally. But there's still at least the same architecture, which I, I think people sort of are jumping to conclusion like 2.4 gigahertz for big navi versus whatever clocks amperes at i don't even know what that what does it even matter if the architecture is different and i do want to say the only actual factual thing we know about big navi at least one of the big navis is and i just want to repeat it we've, we've already talked about this before but borderlands 3 61 frames a second at 4k uh, call of duty modern warfare 88 frames a second 73 frames a second for Gears of War 5. Those are all for basically ultra maxed out settings. 4K, and that is for, this is the one thing that we don't know because AMD is really, really playing close to his chest. That is for a Radeon RX 6000 series. What does that mean, right? Could be the lowest end part, 
yeah, we know that's not going to be it. Could be the highest end part, could be a mid-range part, we don't know. But clearly this, uh, I think all of, most of the analysis is this is definitely in 3080 range. So this looks like a real monster part, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously if Brad were here, he would dig more into the, I would say, nuances of it all. I just, for me, it's more about, okay, come next week. I think it's next week or is it two weeks from now? Things next week. I think October twenty eighth. So, I think. Yeah, I just don't remember where we are in the month is. anymore. <laughs> I yeah. lost all the track 20th of the twentieth is next Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, it's next week, right? Well, wait, what month? What week am I in? In October. <laughs> Today's twentieth. Um, okay. Yeah. Next week. So, I think just come next week, it'll it'll be good to see what actually shakes out. I I I would like to think that this is their their second from the top part, but. That could be wishful thinking. I have no grounds for that that thought. No, I, I think it makes sense that there is obviously more to come. I would think for positioning, marketing, PR positioning, you want to show off numbers that everybody thinks is the best thing. And, you know, AMD likes to, to you know, under-promise and then over-deliver, right? So right. I think exactly. there's a good chance you're right that it's going to be – this is going to be a step down from the top end part, so – Maybe. You know, there's talk of a Navi. There's rumors of a Navi 23, I think. Yeah. I mean, so there could be more. I, I honestly think given how close they are playing to their, like holding their cards to their chest and the fact that, again, like at least on the CPU side, as you said, they've been uh, under promising, over delivering. And they like doing that like, oh, by the way, we have this other part that has a bajillion cores on the CPU side that uh, it, it wouldn't be out of character them to not bring that to the gpu side yeah and this part looks like you know they are closer than they've ever been you know they basically said this at ces they yeah we're gonna we're gonna play with the top end and this is pretty close it may not be 3090 although some people do think it's a 3090 they have something that'll compete with a 30 3090 maybe but you know it's i feel that for most people the 3080 is it is you know that's why nvidia is calling it their high-end you know gaming card yeah. So it feels like that's the target for for them. So it feels like they'll price around it and for performance and for price. Speaking of price, um, I am curious. I mean, I mean, it's me, but I am most curious to see where this is going to land price wise, just because they are using GDDR6, um, not 6X. So I'm wondering if that will pass on a small amount of savings to the end user. You know, I it's one of those things where I, I think, and this is where people, I I mean, I understand why people are complaining about the price increases on the Radeon 5000 parts. But I think they don't understand that if you have a part that competes, you you should make the profit. You should take the profits. It's, you know, especially if it's a company that historically has not made a lot of profit that has been not running as cash rich as Nvidia and, and Intel, you you're going to want to make more money because you have to go on. You can't just simply this is we're going to make the best thing ever, sell it so cheap we make no money and go out of business. That is not a business model that anybody likes or investors. Oh, no, so I, I don't think, mean that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just think that it'll be priced. It'll be priced. They're going to anticipate Nvidia trying to maybe. I think they know NVIDIA can't do anything. NVIDIA can't cut prices. The, the 3080 is baked in. I think they're going to price it 
if the performance is 3080, it'll be the same price or very close. Maybe it's 50 bucks less just to make it look better. If it's faster, then maybe they price it the same price. If it's slightly faster, I, I, I think you don't, I would not expect this to be a $500 graphics card. I mean, maybe, no. but I just can't see why you would ever want to do that. No, I didn't mean like a severe price differential. I just meant, as you said, more of just a little bit to um, have that marketing edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does always look good, and that's why it's it's always good to be second. And especially they know that NVIDIA is just tough. They can't they can't make enough of these cards to sell. So you know, there's no reason to to get into a price war. It doesn't it doesn't. That's why I think if people think it's going to be a price war, like there's no reason to. It's just like that. That Ryzen, the the fifty six hundred X. I mean, yeah, it's more expensive because they are saying it's it's better, right? Why would they price it cheaper? So I, I think it's it's just natural. So I think if the part is that good, it'll be priced higher. If the part is lower, if it's not quite as good, then they have to price it uh, accordingly, right? Or or they they can at least if they come in uh, if they come in at the same price but a little better performance, that still gives Nvidia the option to have a, a thirty eighty Ti. Maybe, you know, to be yeah. like, it's possible. And that's why, you know, that, you know, the, the chess game that it, AMD and, and NVIDIA play is just always fun. So I think they may come out with a 3080 Ti and AMD knows that maybe they're going to do that. Maybe they come out with Navi 23, you know, they come out with a 5800X or 6900. I, who knows? 69, who knows? They, <laughs> they're always going to try to leapfrog a little bit. So I think. But both these parts are probably going to be in high demand if the performance is is as it is. So, right, and who can keep up with the... Uh, with the supply? That's that's a, a bigger thing too. That'd be a big thing. <laughs> uh, real, real quick though, Eek forty four gave us uh, forty five Danish crown. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank and you. Said uh, big navi, uh, but at seven nanometer, shouldn't it be small navi? Well, more. It's not too big. Bigger, <laughs> more CUs because. Um, more Navi. A bit, yeah. More, more, <laughs> more Navi. Navi Hashtag more Navi. I mean, so like first is a 5700 XT, which was a 7 nanometer part, right? 40 CUs. This one's supposed to be 80, 100% more. 2560 SPs. This one's 5120, 100% more. Twice the amount of memory. 100% and also more Navi. 100% more Navi. And 1755 for the 5700 XT. 2400 for this 37 percent increased clock also it's uh it's a rdna2 right so it's different architecture you know it is a big navi yeah nice yeah. well it's, it's exciting we're gonna hopefully hear about it soon huh i i yeah what do you think i mean are you i what'll be interesting to me is whether you think the other stuff that um the Ampere and, you know, RTX has brought, which is, you know, the ray tracing, the tensor cores. How much value do you think it is? Because I thought Brad had said it was very interesting that, you know, if 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 the new Radeons maybe don't, they're going to have hardware ray tracing support or however hardware ray tracing is, is defined, I guess. But if it isn't quite as fast as RTX, but they give you more performance in non-rain trace games, conventional games... How do you think that's going to weigh out? Well, what's more valuable? Adam, you've been playing in the ray trace world for a while. Do you think it's, is it something that will change your mind? I mean, would you go for a car that isn't quite as fast in ray tracing? I mean, 
but that's the problem for me is that like the it's not just pet, the gaming stuff that locks me into nvidia it's the cuda you know it's it's all the extra stuff as well so i mean that's ray tracing is a part of it when it comes to gaming but then there's other things that nvidia offers you know which we'll talk about in a in a second uh yep. that keeps me locked in so e- even if even if navi could come out and have you know better performance at the similar price or something like that like yeah it just it's it's the whole package no that makes sense you have to you that's one thing i think people lose sight of is you buy for your needs you don't buy for what the internet tells you to buy for their needs you know it's you you run something that runs better on x vendor you buy for that that vendor what about you elena do you care does ray tracing is it going to be make or break on these next gen parts or you just think it's still too futuristic I mean, I think, so just my personal take is that I think NVIDIA is getting it to a place where people are going to to see it more as a feature that they do want. Like, um, but I think we're still early enough in the, in that cycle for this particular feature that most people are still going to be focused on traditional performance. And so if somebody's looking to replace their graphics card and their, um, kind of company agnostic i don't think that's going to sway them as much yeah it's the other stuff that maybe it's the other you, stuff pricing is probably for the it's not just pricing <laughs> i mean like for example like adam talks way more about dlss than he does about ray tracing like right. ray tracing is one of those things where it's on the screen you're like oh that's nice it looks good but dlss is almost like in some ways more tangible as a benefit yeah Definitely right. You because that runs everywhere, not just in a few few dials. Although I think I saw a headline, or maybe I don't know if I can say, but I think they're saying there's lots more ray tracing games coming this year, or maybe next year. Yeah, I, I thought I thought we I thought yeah I thought they they were talking about the the upcoming slate of games. I mean, it, Cyberpunk, right? I mean, if if that's <laughs> if that has some tangible benefit in Cyberpunk, I mean that's that's going to be big for me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think you can <laughs> yeah. go back. Remember that interview we did with Jared from PC Gamer, who, who's over at Tom's Hardware now? But Oh, well, I did not. He had a really good argument. He's like, look, you know, it takes a lot of work for developers to fake the effects that they're doing with ray tracing. So developers would really, really like to just use ray tracing and not have to do all the extra math to do this, to fake to fake all the lighting and all the other cool stuff that they do in ray tracing. So there's definitely developers wanting to do it because, you know, you make my job easier. I can make the game faster. It comes out faster. Right. So there's definitely that advantage for ray tracing. Definitely. Uh, We do have uh, a Dennis Siberian wanted me to ask you a question. Um, Do you wonder if AMD will allow users to install SSDs right on the graphics cards? Uh, to run apps from it. You can install SSDs on professional Radeon cards. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen at this level. Remember that was that was showed off, what, three, four years ago? You know, where they, they were pushing local storage. I don't think they would do that in a consumer product. You know, especially uh, you, you do have all the Microsoft, whatever, direct storage stuff coming. So it feels like you would use your, you know, system storage I, it would be interesting if they did that i'm not sure what the advantage would be especially because you already have on amd system you have pcie 4 and all that stuff so and then you're sort of taking on the extra problem of uh, consumer mounting an, M- an m.2 drive onto 
a uh, a GPU as well as dealing with the heat and power of it. So, I mean, it'd be interesting as one sort of uh, approach, but I'm not sure they need to do that. Got it. Uh, also, uh, Adrian uh, on on YouTube was asking uh, any opinion on the rumors that NVIDIA is stockpiling cards, probably more 2070, uh, to make the box bulk stock available on the 28th when AMD is due to officially announce their GPUs. You know, I saw that rumor too. I I don't know what to think of it. I think, yeah, I, I will I will say NVIDIA is... They are a hyper-competitive company, and if they can dump on AMD on that day, they would do it, and it makes perfect sense to for them to do that. Hey, you know, you've been clamoring for all these cards. Now they're suddenly here. That's a tough thing. You're watching. It's like, well, do I want to wait and finish watching the keynote on the new Radeon card, or do I buy it right now because I can buy this 3080 card that I've been trying to get for weeks now? Wait. I- are they saying, are the rumors saying that they're going to have more 3070s available or are they going to have just more 30 series cards, period? I I think the rumors I saw was just 30 series cards, you know. Um, mm. th- it, but, but well, again, and they had pushed I, back the 3072, you know, maybe had, to yeah, sure. get the even more supply. Yeah. yeah There's one rumor saying they were going to drop 3070s. Uh, the other one was just simply, you know, 3080s, I think. I think it makes sense for them to do that because I know and to be it's it will of course it'll irk AMD um, but that's how they that's how they go at each other AMD and NVIDIA don't mess around they just love messing with each other so I can see it happening I can see it happening too but the thing is honestly I, I think if you're the kind of person who waited this long uh, why wouldn't you just wait to see what AMD has to say like so even if NVIDIA is, like says oh we're lifting their review embargo, and I don't know anything. This is just me saying off top of you know my head. Um, we're going to lift the review embargo on the 28th, right before the press conference that AMD is supposed to have. I mean, if I was a consumer, I would still say like, okay, like I'm still gonna, I'm gonna you know see what they have to offer before I hit you know the buy button. And honestly, I can even if they release stock, it's like you can still put in the order and cancel your order. So it's it's so close to each other that you don't have to really necessarily worry too much about hedging your bets. So you would then order it. That's what you would do is order it and then possibly cancel. Yeah, I mean the thing is that if you don't want it, someone else sure as heck will. Okay, but I mean that's that says something though that you're gonna add it to your cart and say buy at Newegg or Amazon. Well, I mean, I'm just saying if I were that kind of person that was on the fence, you it's very easy to hedge your bets given the timing. But you would recommend doing that because, right? No, I, mean, that's... I don't. Well, I, mean, I feel like I'm like, is this a trick question? Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> no, so... he's going somewhere with us. <laughs> no, no. I, I just want to know because I think it is. And the reason why I love, it's just funny because it's just funny to watch these companies try to outmaneuver each other. But if you're a consumer... And you have been out in the, on Reddit and screaming at people and, and going on a Twitter and saying nasty things at NVIDIA because you can't get your 3080 card for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Everybody's just, oh, I can't get my card. And then now suddenly you can get it. And it's the day that they're denouncing new Radeon. I'm going to guess those people are like, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to take my chance of being stuck without a card again. You know, I, I need this damn thing. And who knows when the Radeon's going to come out. What the, You know, I, I just think that. A lot of people sure. are just going to buy it. That's why I think it's really, 
you know, it's it's just evil and clever of NVIDIA to do that to mess with AMD if they do it. And it makes a lot of sense because <laughs> you got You do have to admit the, comp- the fact that these companies just love going out of the way to push the other player off off the field when the ref isn't looking is just hilarious sometimes, I think. No? Nobody's entertained by that? I know some fans are probably like, oh, that's not fair. That's not sporting. It's like hockey. Like hockey's like you're playing a sport, then suddenly you're just in a fist fight and like there's like yeah. baseball bats and chains. I mean, I don't understand it, but it's that's part of their fun. sport. I guess. I just think in this particular case, the reason why I, I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion either way or the other is that the way I see it, um, the people that were going to buy a 3080 anyway, as soon as new stock drops, are not, are, were always kind of a weak sort of proposition for AMD to begin with. And if they couldn't capture them because of the timing, then I think they probably already planned for that. I think really at this point, it's just all the people who are more um, uh, conservative shoppers are more willing to wait to see what they can get for their money because they want to get more, you know, as most bang for their buck if they have to wait. Yeah. But I mean, isn't it, but don't you face the same thing? It's suddenly like, yeah, we just dropped 5,000 or whatever, say 10,000 cards around the world and they've already been bought because you know that they would sell like that, right? Then you're basically waiting another six weeks for a second round again. Oh, sure. I mean, if you're asking me specifically in that case, if you're on the fence, do I recommend, you know, grabbing a card if you can and then deciding later what do you want to do? Yeah. If you have the the ability to float, then float that, then sure. Yeah. But But again, again, you you know, caveats are always like, like, make sure that you have the money to float, make sure you have the ability to return it without, you know, a penalty or make sure that if you uh, decide to resell it, you're not going to do it in a venue that, you know, you won't get hosed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, I, it's just I, more work. I just because I think it, it it makes it perfectly. I mean, it's a, it's a viable strategy they might do, right? So there's two of me. Sorry, I was like, just, sorry. I was, I was having an audio problem trying to trouble, troubleshoot <laughs> in the background. My bad. I I had something switched. Sorry about that. Uh, Lena oh, is speaking okay. from the outer limits. Uh, <laughs> I just looked over at the chat and I was like, "Wait, what? What's yep. happening?" Sorry about that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Too many of me. Well, speaking of NVIDIA, I think we should uh, move over to some new little NVIDIA tricks uh, AMD's working on with, or uh, NVIDIA's working on with Adobe, huh? Yeah, so this morning they they announced, I better get this right, because I'm probably going to screw this up. Uh, Basically, uh, Adobe is adding uh, AI-powered neural filters into Photoshop. And it's actually... Pretty neat stuff. I know it's going to be a little esoteric to some, but oh, we should have—I should have had you drop in that one screenshot. But the, and it's not really clear to me why they use this one screenshot. But one of the things you'll be able to do with these new uh, smart portrait—let's—I better call it correctly. It's uh, where is it? I think it's smart portrait. Yes, it's a smart portrait filter in the you know, of course, CC version of Photoshop. And what it does is it uses AI so you can do things like, you know what, I'm Gordon is staring. You do this in a group photo. Gordon is staring the wrong way. He's looking at the wrong camera. I need his eyes to look at the camera here. So you'd be able to go into Photoshop, just simply use the, you know, the AI smart filter and then change it so they're looking <laughs> at the camera. 
right? Because that's <laughs> sorry, your your impersonation of this is actually kind oh, of oh, because you know what, it just kills me. So I, you know, I take a lot of family <laughs> photos, and you get like fifteen people in there, and there's always somebody, and there's always like, look, look at this camera. I'm the one holding the camera. Don't look at that camera. Put your damn phone away. They need to all look. Wedding photographers get crazy. If you ever take oh, pictures yeah. on a wedding photo, never take photos of the entire group when they are doing the, the group photos. Just never do it as professional. Just don't do it. I never yeah. do it out of courtesy. You just don't do it, right? But just think, if you're, you have this smart portrait filter in, in, you know, in Photoshop, you just simply drag it over, and it makes the eyes look at the correct camera now. Um, that would be very difficult before. But, you know, this uses, it leverages AI in the RTX, co- uh, RTX cards to make it work better, perform faster. What's not really clear to me, though, is um, whether it doesn't work anywhere else. Because I, I think the smart portrait filters is, is, it's really cool stuff. And apparently it must use, you know, tensor cores if you have an RTX card or in your laptop. So all better. But I kind of think there's no way that they have a feature that doesn't run on Intel graphics or run on AMD graphics. So maybe it just runs slower. So I'll be interested to see, you know, how much of a difference uh, that is when you get to like a non-NVIDIA-based uh, uh, product. But the one, the reason I wanted to, I wish we had shown this one, this one uh, portrait photo. The, is, the aging has, one? It has an aging one. It's like, well, this is pretty cool. But I was like, what does this have to do with smart portrait? I'm guessing, you know, and again, I, I don't even have the latest version of Photoshop. I'm, I'm too cheap. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, they have an aging filter that's been applied to this face. I'm guessing that is also using some kind of, you know, AI neural stuff, but probably CPU based because they have to, they can't have this roll this feature into a filter and only have it run on one vendor's products. I imagine it's going to run better if you have an uh, NVIDIA card, but I'm sure it runs across everything. I haven't found that out yet, but it's really cool because it, it's just basically a young person that's been aged into an old person. It looks pretty good, you know, and of course this uses all the, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this phrase out of you. I'm not an AR person at all. I don't pay attention to it because it's been so esoteric. It's uh, NVIDIA talked about, it's a generative adversarial network. It's this type of AI that uh, typically if you are doing AI, you would have to train AI. If you think of AI, it's just sort of like not that smart. You basically have to train it to teach it what's good. So what's a cat, right? You have to have it recognize what's a bicycle, what's a cat. And that process takes a lot of resources because the computer the AI typically can't figure that on its own. So you have a human then say, this is a cat, this is a cat, this is this kind of cat. So you basically have to feed it this. It's like teaching a, a blank slate something, as I understand yep. it. And I'm no expert in this. So you have to teach it what you is. So with a GAN, the idea is to, you know what, we're going to have, you basically have uh, a thing that is going to try to learn something and the thing that's trying to teach something. But the way it's explained for GAN and is that it's really a, a game of counterfeiters and secret service or police, right? So you have uh, one uh, one AI basically trying to create really, really good-looking counterfeits and the other one trying to spot them. And then you pit them at, to, at each other and they essentially 
the process is, you know, greatly accelerated rather than having all of us do their work for them by doing his little captchas. That's what that is really, I think is, you know, (laughs) yeah. Why don't we just use everybody to do our work for us when they have to log into GeForce Experience, right? So <laughs> this is pretty cool stuff, but I mean, it, I think it's pretty neat. Um, I, again, I don't know whether it's only limited to NVIDIA uh, RTX cards or not. I don't think Adobe would do that because, you know, they sell to a world that is not in, only NVIDIA. I mean, unless but NVIDIA think, gave them a lot of cash. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's not even, you know, people say, oh, this is a bribe. Well, you know, typically what happens is, like, you're a developer. You have fixed resources. We're never going to get to that. You want us to add that feature for whatever cool thing you're making? Why don't you do it yourself? Okay, we will send engineers to basically do the work for you, you give you the work, right? And as a developer, you're like, okay, it's cool. That's somebody I don't have to have doing something so you basically you add a feature that you can sell people on because it's hardware for and the hardware vendor does the work for you they do optimization they add features for cpus intel does this a lot nvidia does this a lot with adobe you know the reason why for adam the reason why he is tied so much into nvidia is because nvidia got into a a premiere years and years ago with cuda they're like hey look why are you doing all the cpu encoding you can really, really speed up the uh, uh, encoding if you use the GPU. So, like, Adobe's like, yeah, sure, you do that for us. It's like, okay, we do it. So, and ultimately, the the consumer benefits if they have that part that leverages that. So, the bigger question I have with all this is that, I mean, from a technological standpoint, it's a cool, it's a cool trick, you know. But at the same time, I use that word specifically because as somebody who doesn't do a lot of work in that space, it just seems like a trick to me, like a cool, again, a cool trick. But I'm not really sure when I would use something like to age or de-age something. Like it seems like almost more like a professional kind of application, like the way they did Gemini Man. Yeah, I I think... Well, actually, um, I, mean, I would say on the phones, like, I see people using, like, phone apps all the time to, like, oh, check out this yeah. aging filter, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but that's, like, that's uh, a novelty, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, who's yeah. going to buy Photoshop specifically for that? Like, exactly, I can't see yeah. it. I can't see it pushing more creative cloud licenses just for that one feature. Yeah. Well, Which, I, by the way, Gordon, you can get at a steep discount with an education discount. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I'm take some classes, Gordon. I'm going to night plumbing school just so I can get. What are you here for? Uh, I'm here to get a, a cheap Adobe Creative Cloud event. You're hey, in you learn school? you learn a practical skill and you get plumbing's the awesome. discounted Creative Cloud. Creative should have been license. a plumber. We all should have been plumbers. Um, True. Like Mario. But um, yeah, I know you, you know it seems like a gimmick, but you know. Again, I'm not a professional photographer. I take pictures, and it really just – there's nothing that pisses you off. You have 10 people, and then there's one person doing this. It's like – you know, and they, it happens all the time. It's, sure. I mean, that's why it's so practical. The aging thing is kind of cool. You can age and probably de-age people, which, honestly, that's no different than, you know, your boudoir photography. Like, you know, with the that's why you blur everything out with Vaseline. You just put that on a filter because people don't like to look old. You can do de-aging that looks, if you can do that in Photoshop where it's like, damn, right? <laughs> this looks like you're 20 years younger. Well, yeah, because I, and I think the, the photo I showed, the, the middle one is, is the actual uh, person 
and they have one side which is uh you know older and then one side which is younger so yeah, yeah. oh is that it oh see that i believe yeah. i believe i like that's what i read when i first looked at it i was like oh it looks like the other one on the left is supposed to be the younger version so that has definitely has definitely has way more practical application than like aging somebody uh yeah the other thing is nvidia has this thing called style gan 2 which is very similar in a way that you can basically take an image of somebody and then you can basically change they basically trained it by looking at um, artists and the example on the nvidia blog shows as you drag you know like if you had a picture of gordon's head and you as you drag to different portrait styles hair gets longer and it really but it looks very tasteful it doesn't look like it doesn't look bad it looks really good like you know sometimes you just might want to you know mess with somebody's photo to make them look different different hair all kinds of things but it looks very natural looks very real which is sort of i think the impressive part where we're seeing ai because you really you know as a longtime photoshop user you were not able to do this before it was really a ton of work to be able to do it i mean it that's why you had professional photoshop jockeys because the average person just couldn't do it in any convincing way it would just look horrible but as the ai is getting better in in Photoshop and these other content creation apps, you know, you can really do cool things. Like what if you could, you're going to get to the point where you're going to one day be able to shoot video and then de-age them on consumer hardware and you want them to be able to tell. It would be like, you know, what is now a, a multi-million dollar effect in, in an Avengers movie, right? But but done on your, your gaming GPU. I don't know when that's going to come, but clearly you can see the direction we're going. Yeah, yeah, not not for me, yeah. but <laughs> not for you. I, I mean, the, the, I don't know. I, well, because I'm different. I'm somebody who I, like tries to get what I want in camera. I want to spend the less time, the least amount of time editing as I possibly can. I, I, I've done plenty of editing in my life, and I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just shoot the way I want it and do more shooting rather than do more editing. <laughs> so no, I'm with you too, me, right? I mean, personally, but that's it's a style is, thing. Yeah. It's a style thing. It's no fun, but I, but the fact, you know, we're, we'll get, you're going to get convincing effects that now they send it out and there's like, you know, there's 50 visual effects artists doing it now just to make it in a movie. It'll become easy to do very soon (laughs) now. I mean, 10 years, right? That's, that's some cool stuff. And I do want to say I am really hard on Adobe. I love Adobe products. There's a reason they basically, rule the world they make the very best content creation app sorry everybody else but i've always been like come on let's let's see you use all the cores we have let's use you have you do use more of just the horsepower we have on a pc and seeing stuff like take advantage of you know of the nvidia um style gan 2 stuff and all this cool stuff you can imagine that intel is also helping adobe add this stuff i think you know we're gonna see really really cool compelling things that will make you go like damn you know sitting at photoshop on a pc with with all the high-end hardware we have is really worth it and for a long time i really kind of like why are we bothering it felt like adobe only cared about what apple was doing on ios on on arm but to see this is actually a really a really good sign to me for you know somebody who who thinks adobe's awesome but has been very frustrated at the lack of optimization. So I think that's a good sign for everybody. And, it, you know, they're clearly not going to only support NVIDIA. They'll support everybody else. But 
I'll, I think also, it's cool stuff. I mean, to to Elena's point earlier, I think the the all the iPad stuff like probably didn't uh, didn't pan out the way they wanted it to. Like adoption was probably slow. Like who who wants to run photo? What normal average person that they were targeting wants to run Photoshop on their iPad and then buy into a Creative Cloud subscription? You know, like if that's their end game to buy into Creative yeah. Cloud, like obviously isn't going to do it for them. So they're probably like, okay, you know what? We need to lean back into desktop or you know, like into to power. That they do like uh, paywall things, like even on like Photoshop Express, it's it's really annoying actually. Yeah, but I don't. So I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want to dump on that because, you know, again, as much as I, I like to talk smack about I, iPad and iOS, it's it's the nine million pound gorilla. There's a you know a billion of them, and it is entirely possible they make a ton of money off of Photoshop on ios i mean i mean and, I'm, also, and, and i'm glad it's there i mean it, it's it's a cool option i yeah. think it like to your point though they were probably putting a lot of resources into getting that going you know and then they're like okay we we don't need that many resources we should we should focus back over here you know because where it's languishing a bit on the desktop side yeah but again i i and this actually is going to be really sticky at one point but i i intel and nvidia they lend a lot of engineering resources to Adobe. They help them a lot. I don't know how many, if they're actually writing code or they're sitting there, like, you know, having a granola bar and saying, oh, you need to do that here. <laughs> you can imagine Apple also has done the same thing. The fact that they have uh, Photoshop and a lot of very advanced things running natively on ARM, I don't think that's all Adobe. That is, again, uh, infinite loop um, resources going into Adobe as well, which... I know people compl- are going to complain about that, but uh, if I'm if somebody's going to come in, it, I think it's very similar to um, Safeway or whatever your grocery store. Hey, you want to sell your Fritos potato potato chips at my store? You know what you're going to do? You're going to come in. I'm not going to have my worker take an hour off to restock. Your worker is going to come in and restock the shelf. Like, okay, we'll do that. You give us better placement on the Fritos, we'll restock for you. <laughs> It's very similar to that if you think about it, because they're again, Frito Lay is coming in and stocking the shelf for that grocery store, and you're now seeing Frito Lay at eye level instead of down in the below. It's very similar to what you know Apple, Nvidia, AMD, and and uh, Intel do with all these vendors, and and you know as long as you're not trying to hurt each other, I think it's fair game, you know. But if they're hurting each other, then that's a problem, and that's where you know, government regulators get into it, but I think in general, I would not complain about optimizations from any vendors if it makes it better for what I, I do. Well, and yeah, I, I definitely want to see, like you said, what they're actually using on this back end. Is it exclusive to NVIDIA cards or, or even RTX enabled cards? You know, like uh, I'm curious to see how far that goes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I it is possible that it's like, yeah, we tried to do it. On the CPU cores, we tried to do it through other APIs. It sucks. We got to do it. We're basically we're going to have to. I mean, I see it's entirely possible that you you have an RTX in your laptop or desktop. You you go to that menu, you go here, and it has you know whatever smart filter, smart portrait filter. Maybe if you don't have RTX and Tensor cores, it doesn't have that option there. It's just simply you don't see it, so you never know what you miss. But if you have an NVIDIA card, I, I need to find out. I, in fact, maybe I should install the latest version to see where it shows up. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting stuff. Uh, but you know what else is interesting, Gordon? 
What? Video game consoles. Actually, you know, first, real quick, uh, Evocati Productions gave us $5 a little bit ago. Thank you so much. Thank you. Said, uh, hey there, my full nerds. Loved Brad's uh, FTW3 review. I've been having a blast with mine. So enjoy that, the uh, 3080. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about consoles, Gordon. Your favorite topic favorite topic here it comes. i know nothing uh i i, I do nothing. i do have some slides of the ps5 teardown i i, I want to hear what uh what you think about it gordon did you have the uh the images with you as well yeah i do actually it's it's pretty cool because they had one of their uh chief engineers at at playstation at sony basically do a teardown of the ps5 yeah it was I a, know this yeah, controversial, yes, but i yes, like the way the ps5 Otori. Oh, was, okay I, I have the slide up. Just want to, want to give him credit. Seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, Supposedly, he's been there for a long time. Uh, he's the VP of Mechanical Design Department, Hardware Design Division, Sony Interactive Entertainment. Well, what uh, what slides uh, do you, you want to look at, Gordon? I, you know, I want to look at slide four because I really kind of like that four fan. or five, six, six or four. I really kind of wonder about... And it did kind of catch me because look at the design of of that grate there, right? Yeah. Well, are, are you talking about the – not the fan. You're talking about the actual, like, air uh, vents? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to guess – is that the outlet side? Well, because he, he earlier in the video, he, he pulled off the, the side. So there there was that gap between the side panel and what you're seeing exposed here. In, in slide six so yeah they and the, then along the edge are those like uh venting uh i believe it's it's output oh okay that's 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 what makes sense because i was just really sort of the shape because that grill just seems like wow you're just losing so much efficiency from that grate right it's like those really thick <laughs> those really thick um veins on that on i right you know what i mean because it's just yeah, so yeah. like why would you block the air? But that's that you're right. At that, so they're basically trying to channel the air back, uh, back through the chassis. So the air is it's being sucked in the other side, and this this is the back side. So the air hits this and kind of blows through the rest of the the uh, yeah the chassis. I mean, the exhaust is all in the back. But I think we should back up just for a second, just to to explain why we're even covering this on our show. And it's basically the uh, TLDR is that they tore down a PlayStation 5 and spoiler, it's pretty much a PC. <laughs> With some interesting well, surprises in it, yeah. yeah. Yes. One yes. of them specifically Gordon hadn't heard about, so I'm, I'm uh, Which curious one? to see. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, slide 7, look at that fan. So the, let's look at that fan. It's pretty cool. I mean, that is a... They did say that it's a... I think it's 120 millimeters... So, you yeah, know, the not fan, exactly the intake fan. Super interesting to look at. Yeah, because I almost thought it was like a drum fan. So it really does look like high volume. This is the if we're looking at um, slide seven, slide that's seven. the intake side. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a uh, very thick fan. It's very deep, too. It's 45 millimeters deep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I thought the other thing I saw, which I don't know if it's confirmed or not, which I could see also being adopted as soon as nobody's squatting on a patent here is they said they may actually push out fan profiles for the game so if you're playing a very low intensity game the fan spools down but it would be per title so that basically they would they would profile um at sony so that you know what we know you're playing this game it's not using anything we're going to crank the fan speeds down 
and then if you're playing a you know a high intensity game at 4K and all this stuff, then we crank the fan speeds up. But you know typically how it's done on the PC is is we just simply look at well you're using clock speeds are up because you're using it harder, so you you react to the clock speeds. Um, I guess it could work better if it's profiled on that, but then you you would imagine they have a ton more telemetry elsewhere, so they're monitoring the the temperature in the chassis because. It doesn't matter if you're playing a low-intensity game and you happen to be living on Mercury because you still need the fan to be going at 100, 100% anyway. So that I thought that was really weird. You know what kind of got me, though, was like slight hate. This is the, the back of the system, and then he's pulling off the, yeah. Yeah, what the hell is that, that fin sack for? Oh, the you fins, I mean? well, no, no, yeah, because that, that's a little bit later. That's the, uh, that's the heat sink. No, um, it's not. Wait, are you talking about the wait, are you talking about the plastic fins that we're looking at right there? They're not plastic. Wait, ta- are just... you talking about the heat sink itself? So like that yeah, so, in the middle of the of the device. So if you look at uh, in the middle of the so we're looking at slide eight. This is the back of the motherboard. This is not the front of the motherboard. Yeah, so right? I think I think it's the heat sink like slide fourteen when the when they actually take the heat sink out. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's it, the top because the, the heatsink has like two layers. I believe that's the the top poking out there. I mean, maybe no, I'm wrong, so, but that's that's what no, I saw. No, I don't think so because look, you see that fin stack sticking up right. So you look at this the second USB A to the right. Uh huh. That right in front of that is that fin stack I'm talking about. So uh, uh, Steel Skin six six seven in chat uh, YouTube chat is saying that the fin stack that you're talking about is for the VRM. It's on the other side oh. of the board for the main oh, heat sink. Oh, got it, got it. Because when you look at, when I look at slide nine, I didn't see anything there. Oh, yeah. If and you obvi- obviously, nine, I, so... you know, I mean, he, he definitely went through I more mean, teardown operations. Yeah. I, I just grabbed some some stills here. And oh, there. okay. Yeah, these yeah. are stills. And the and the video itself is actually not very long. It's like a seven-minute video. It's quite condensed. Yeah. yeah. Well, so... I'm just because I'm. So they well, skipped I guess, through some of the some of the removal parts. Oh. So there bit. was a module that there was a VRM module they pulled. So it's modular. It's not down on the PCB itself. Because I'm talking about slide nine here. Because if you look where that finsack is, I don't know where you would have put that VRM. Is it a second board that's sitting above the other? Well, and what he, he what he took off in front of this was uh was the uh, the shield as well. Like you, you can kind of see it, and then there's the yeah, there's the, the, the Blu-ray drive. So yeah, there's something that 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 sits on top of that. So I was I was I I couldn't figure out what that was. You know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. look too deep into that one. Uh, but what about that? Uh, what the slide slide ten? The actual uh, the actual board. With the uh, Ryzen. That one was the most interesting. Yeah, and see, look, actually, the VRM's on this side. See, in the boat near his hand? Those are the VRM's. Yeah, so that's, I why I, that's why I can't figure out what exactly is on the other side. And, of course, interestingly, wait a minute, is the memory... So the memory's on the, the other side, so he flips, flips it around, yeah. Slide 11... Yeah, he flips the board around, and then you see the the bottom side, which has the the memory module. Oh, huh, interesting. I wonder if that is 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 the cooling for the memory then. So you have that that metal plate on back, that steel just steel plate that I was talking about earlier. That's basically pressed up against the the memory modules, the the memory the memory itself, the GDDR six, 
And then that FinSec adds, adds a little bit of um, way to wick the heat out of that, that big metal plates. Could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm interesting to see, you know, third-party teardowns. That um, would make sense. I mean, it's sure. a single bore. I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, of course, you know, it's GDR6, 16 gigs. And then slide 12 is the, um, the custom chip itself, which is, uh, you know, Zen, Zen 2 plus RDNA 2. Yeah, looking nice. Uh, but probably more uh, interesting is, is slide 16, the liquid metal, Gordon. Yeah, I was actually interested in that because I was talking to, again, I was talking to Will Smith about this because I, you know, I don't pay attention to it. But he said, yeah, it's got liquid metal. I was like, really? Huh. So, I mean, so the what you're seeing around there, that foam insulation is in case the liquid metal basically escapes and you don't want a conductive material running around your motherboard it is no it is no fun so that is that sort of contains it in case it escapes one thing i'm interested to find out is i thought i mean this is old information i mean probably from the 90s but that liquid metal does have a shelf life that it, it does eventually sort of wear out and i think even an oem had told me that yeah you're looking at about five years liquid metal so i was always sort of like well what happens after five years i think the the laptop maker is like well you hopefully will have bought a new laptop for us huh. i do wonder it's a good question it's again i'm no expert it's, it's something probably worth looking at it's like what happens to the liquid metal once it's sort of like oh you know it's gone but i i've seen it on a few designs now i i'm sure it's not i don't think anybody can make a device and only plan for five years I'm guessing it probably degrades a little bit, you know, these days after five years, but not enough to like, you know, full out red ring of death like um, some products, right? So I mean, I I really think that after the red ring of death episode, all the console makers are very careful about what they're doing engineering wise, and um, most console people are not going to be servicing their machines. So if the machine starts overheating or and doing weird stuff on them, that's when they'll take it into a service center or call and complain. Most console, like cons- the last console generation lasted what seven years, and the one before that eight years. So I I can't imagine they wouldn't have planned for these consoles lasting yeah. at least eight that's, eight to ten years. That's why I don't think it's an issue. Even though I, I do wonder about the, the the shelf life of liquid metal in the application. Um, but yeah, again, it probably doesn't. And it will. It's interesting too because that is a lot of liquid metal. In the applications I've seen on laptops, we've seen maybe three laptops with liquid metal. It's only been the CPU cores, and they have not done it on the GPU. So, and I think the cost was 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 cited. The heatsink is interesting itself too. The heatsink is also very visually interesting, um, you know, especially because on the Xbox side they talk a lot about like vapor chambers, and they're using a lot of like big buzzwords, honestly, to to attract um, and uh, I guess titillate their fans. But this is a, just a standard heat pipe, you know. They just uh, they just a lot of it. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it. It's heat. A lot of it. <laughs> that's why. I- <laughs> And when I was wondering, I was wondering, well, is that that copper piece there? Is that a vapor chamber? Because you know you could get a vapor chamber into something that thin, but it's expensive. I do wonder if that. It just seems like really, it's just so basically, it's not even direct contact with the heat pipes. It's, they're sitting on. It looks to me like it's sitting on top of a, of a copper plate. You know, 
but I guess they're simply counting on pure mass to save them. I mean, in the in the teardown video, they say essentially that their design it should be as efficient as if they had done a vapor chamber design. So, um, and honestly, the PlayStation Five is large. It is. Oh, it is. It is. It is. It is a. It is a chunky. I mean, console. yeah. If you go, if you go back to slide one, sitting next to him, people were asking like, <laughs> "How how tiny is this guy?" I mean, I'm, I I don't know how big this guy is. I don't think is. he's that small. Yeah, like, I, I would imagine he's at least my size, if not larger. I, I mean, it feels I've like it's, comparison it's about, photos. It looks big. I mean, it looks it's, like it's it's like the size of his torso almost. So, say. I mean, it's probably about 16 inches, 14 inches tall, it looks like. I mean, it's, it's, pretty as, big. it's as tall as a tower, like a mid-tower. So it's they got room in there. I can't imagine that uh, it's going to be an issue for, for cooling, given the size. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty striking design, though. So definitely the gigantic not, not Minecraft design of the Xbox. So... Um, and then you have, if we look at the the last slide, uh, eighteen with all, all the the pieces busted out. Oh, the 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 one last thing I wanted to point out: the just standard M dot two. You can uh, you you pull off the panel. Uh, yeah. That slide. Uh, Where? Yeah. So the the primary drive is soldered on, which a lot of people in chat are noting. Oh, sl- slide uh, five. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's the case for both systems. I can't imagine that the Xbox One isn't also soldered on for the primary drive. But for the expansion on PlayStation 5, they've made it very standard. So you don't have to buy a proprietary drive. You can just get a standard M.2 NVMe PCIe 4 drive and uh, pop it right in. And it supports the, the, the different sizes as well. Um, yeah. So. No, I see that. That's interesting. Although, I'm, you know, the 2280s are going to be the most popular and cheap. So They're really standard now. I don't see that, that many in the shorter lengths. That seems like a way better design, if you ask me. I mean, why not just simply use M.2 instead of that whole expansion card thing that I saw on Microsoft? It looked, and the price, although the pricing, I thought the pricing seemed high, but actually looking at PCIe 4 M.2s, it was actually reasonable. I mean, it's, it was close. It wasn't quite one for one, but it wasn't overpriced on theirs. And I guess it really doesn't matter because the one thing, as long as the price parity stays the same, you know, the nice thing is on the Microsoft system, it prevents you from using something wrong in your Xbox. In this yeah. system, you know, never never underestimate a consumer's ability to put the wrong thing into your device and mess things up. I mean, that's no, that's true. That's definitely true. But I would say that given the PlayStation 4 also use standard drives for expansion, I, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem, especially get their, that they're doing YouTube videos. There's going to be a, a, a hundreds of other actual YouTubers who will do videos. So I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, honestly. No, it won't be a huge deal, but it will be a deal. Whereas on Xbox one positive about making it a proprietary design is there's absolutely no way you could buy an under-spec True. drive for Xbox. True. So believe me, there will be people who do the wrong thing. There will be people who take this, intentionally put the wrong thing in there to see what happens, because why not, right? I'd want to see. Also, I, I wonder, just a little side note, I wonder how much clearance uh, there is at the top, you know, because some of those uh, M.2 <clears throat> drives come with with their own little heat spreader. Uh, I wonder if people are going like to put this. like a really thick heat spreader on and then try to jam it in there and it doesn't fit It does look like there's some depth to that chamber. So yep. 
hopefully they've accommodated for the fact that a lot of the PCIe 4 SSDs are coming with um, hefty heat sinks. Yeah, it looks like I think you could definitely accommodate most of them, not all of them, because some of them were kind of insanely big, especially the early, those FISA, early Fizon ones. Some of them were, I don't know if they just did that because it looked cool or what, but there are some, there are like half inch thick heat sinks on those. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting, you know, and and we've already seen you know the the Xbox teardown uh, digital foundry had that exclusive a while ago. Uh, it's just uh, a PC up at Microsoft headquarters. Yeah, I'm I'm. It's it's interesting to to see, you know, j- just uh just how it's. I mean, it, it they're getting closer and closer ever to just being a PC for sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they, they've always been essentially alter, like alternative specialized versions of PCs, but it is cool to see that they're becoming a little more um, in line with some of the standard kind of things that PC owners expect. So well, they, it's, it's a it's custom. They're re, it's yeah, commodity hardware, right? But. Well, the the question I have for you, Gordon, uh, is if uh, if I went over to your house right now and left you a uh, an envelope with five hundred dollars in it. Would you take that five hundred dollars and would you build a PC or would you buy a new one of the new consoles? I would. I would probably put it toward. No, you can only do I'd one probably, of those two things. Oh, if you build can only a new do one PC of those two or buy a new console, because I would, would put do? it. I would put it toward a new graphics card. I mean, is what yeah. I, would do. I mean, yeah. Obviously, I would too. But yeah, no, I I would not. You mean what? So, well, wait a minute. So you. Or say your your kid comes up to you, hey dad, you know I've 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 been saving up, I've been mowing the lawn, I've got five hundred dollars in the bank, you know should should I build a PC or should I buy a console? No, but I I, I think you have to go further. You have to say like, look, I am, you know what, um, my entire ta- town got wiped out by the blob. I mean that thing was just moving. It was just trucking. It was moving at a <laughs> centimeter per minute. So we just had to get out. I got nothing. I got my phone left. That's it. Give me $500. It's like, you know, the government says, we know the blob has destroyed your town. We're giving you $500 for technology purpose to, you know, aid your, your living as you rebuild your life from the blob. Maybe we'll get rid of it one day. Blob is a thing. It's an old movie. Go watch it. <laughs> and I'm, I have $500. I'm basically living, um, whatever, in somebody's, maybe I'm living in a, you know, I'm basically starting from nothing with but a phone because that's all I got out with. Am I going to go out and buy with your $500 a PC, build a PC for $500? Or am I going to build or buy a PlayStation, a, a $500 Xbox or PlayStation 5? What do you think my answer should be, Adam, Patrick Murray, and Elena Yee? What do you think would be the correct actual answer for Gordon to say in that case? Well, I, I got a lot of comments on my, my video yesterday saying that, uh, yeah. Hey, you, you should tell everybody what your video is. Oh, yes. I, I put up a video announcing I'm doing a $500 PC build tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, October 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific. Tune in. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun time. But a lot of people, you know, are like, you're crazy, man. You can do your taxes on your phone. So you should just get, you know, you the console. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Or pe- people say, hey, there's mouse and keyboard support on, on the console. It's got a built-in web browser. You could probably do your taxes on a console. Like, Gordon, I had a lot of people yelling at me being like, this is the wrong decision. You should be 
buying the new console. It's going to smoke it in games. Just smoke it in games. Which, yeah, I mean, so, it is. But I think that's what it comes down to. Again, using my analogy of the blob has wiped out everything you own except for your phone. And you basically have a suitcase of clothes, your phone, a charger. The next thing you need in your life is a computer, right? But you're going to need a computer more than you are going to need a game console. I'm sorry. That is the absolute hard truth. It would be cool. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to kick back and play, you know, 2K until, I don't know, somebody comes along and gives me a new computer so I can, you know, do something else. But that's not going to happen. You are rebuilding your life at that point. (laughs) Who is going to take a PlayStation or an Xbox when they have nothing else instead of a computer, a PC, which can do everything, browse, Photoshop, you know, you you're gonna do you can do your Zoom calls on your play. Maybe they'll have that an app for that, but I just I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, one is gonna kick the ass of the other of gaming, but how much is gaming that important to you versus how much a five hundred dollar PC is gonna offset? So here here's the the other. Somebody was like, hey, just get the four hundred dollar version of the PS Five, the one without the disc drive, uh, and then get a hundred dollar Chromebook. Best of both worlds, Gordon. One. A hundred dollar Chromebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can browse the web. You can do your taxes on a Chromebook, you know. You know, in Chromebooks, you get to a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's it's it's. I mean, it works, I guess, technically. But a hundred dollars is really. There's like you scrape the bottom of the barrel, then you're down into the wood splinters. You're basically getting the wood splinters out of the bottom of the barrel. Wait, wait! Someone pointed out in chat. I can back this one up. So uh, confirmed SK pointed out you get do a Raspberry Pi as a PC and then a P- PlayStation 5 at $400. So let me just point out my example of the blob wiping everything you own out. <laughs> and you need to restart your life. Do you envision your life kicking back on the couch and playing video games until everything's all better? Or do you think you're going to need a full PC experience to help you get your life restarted. Gaming's going to not be great. You can do for experience though. You can do GeForce experience better than nothing. GeForce now. I'm just I'm Streaming. just saying that like if the blob wiped out the entire town and the government was slow to act so the blob was still just hanging out there ready to consume the rest of what I knew as normal life. I mean, you got to, at that point, ask yourself, what kind of person are you? Like, are you the kind of person that's going to get on the internet to figure out ways to disintegrate the blob because you just want to, like, get rid of that blight? Or are you the kind of person that's like, you know what, there are smarter people out there taking care of this. I just need to kill some time while they figure it out. Like, then you make your decision based on that. It's good to know, Elena, you will kick back playing video games while people are trying to save the world. Hey, I got a phone, man. I got a phone. I I can do my stuff on a phone. Oh, my God. I'm a microbiologist. If only I had access to a computer, maybe I could... Maybe my research has a way to destroy the blob. But I'm not a microbiologist. If I was a microbiologist, my parents would actually be proud of me, maybe. Possibly. I just don't. I just don't see. I mean, yes, gaming is important, but is it so important? That's why it's so. It's it's not a binary question, unless we are. If we're posing it as a binary question, who's really going to take a a game console over as your only computing experience? 
You're I mean, the I one just, who set up that scenario. Yeah, the, the, like, the blob scenario. It's your yeah. world where the blob has taken over. Adam <laughs> no, but Green. no, but I'm just saying. I why, think why? Adam asked that question in context of this world where we have uh, human malware instead of the blob. <laughs> no, because he, I, if you ask me that, like, what would I do with that five hundred dollars? Well, I I might go and you know might buy a new monitor. I might buy a new graphics card. There's no way in hell I'm ever going to buy a game console. Who do I need a game console for, right? So, I mean, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, what yeah. I'm yeah it doesn't is apply like, to you. Know you. What? Well, then it doesn't apply it doesn't to me either. A lot of me, people so. are like, what are you talking Man, I know you have other PCs. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's not for me. Like, it's this is hypothetical, obviously. Like, some people didn't get that. Maybe I didn't explain it, but... <laughs> yeah, but so where does it work in the hypothetical, though? Because, I mean... Well, I mean, for me, I, I think I think it's it's... <laughs> The, the thing, I mean, especially for me in my personal life, I've already had two examples within the, the past year where people I've known have been like, hey, I've got five, you know, somewhere around five hundred, six hundred dollars to to uh, to to build a PC. You know, what what's the best PC I can do? How do I get good games on it? You know, and I'm never going to be like, oh, you know what? You should just go get a console, you know, because they obviously want to do other other things with it. So, you know, for me, I don't play in that five hundred dollar PC space. I'm hoping these people, you know, buy based off of recommendations, you know, but I, I have never actually used a $500 PC. So that's why I, I, I did want to build it. I am going to actually use it for certain things. Uh, you know, uh, like it's not going to be my main, main box, but I'm going to try to do as much as I can on it just to, to see how it is. I, and I mean, there were some great people in, in the, in, in the comments, you know, uh, around the other, uh, hating people <laughs> you know being like hey listen like this is this is great because you know I, i'm on a really old laptop you know like hey a 3400g is, is obviously not going to compare to a console but i'm going to be able to do something more that i that i didn't you know like uh, you have pice conscious people you know like i i think if anything and it's, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, we're, we're kind of spoiled. Right. I mean, you know, we have really nice stuff. We've got separate consoles, you know, but there are some people out there who are like, you know what? I, I got $500. Of course, I'm not going to put it into a console, you know, like I'm going to put it into a PC. Uh, and also, but my, my second question follow up for you, Gordon, is at what, at what price point is it better to just buy a console than build a PC? Again, I I, just, I don't under, I don't think there's ever any price. I think because for me, I mean, again, you know, it's all about your experience, what you need. I for me, and I tried to I've tried to explain this. Console gaming is not PC gaming. It's it's very different. It's like trying to say, as I said, iOS iPad gaming is not console gaming, right? If I went and tried to tell somebody who's a pro console, like I just play my games on iPad, would you? They would think you're insane and that you don't know jack about gaming, right? Because they are very different gaming experiences. They don't compare. It's just simply but, hold people up, should though. not try to compare hold. them. It's different kind of gaming. Wait, wait, wait. I, I have screenshots and other things that I won't, yeah. I won't drop into. Go ahead. I've, I've said it. But the thing is, it's like it's like it's always a moving target when we talk to you about consoles, which is hilarious, by the way. I love it. It's um, not. That's why it was like completely consistent. Because, no, because you'll you'll sometimes make head to head comparisons, and now you're on this whole like they're completely different. But the thing is that mobile games inherently are different than what. Well, I, a lot of mobile games are... It's a better deal. It's a better deal. I get the a monitor. A lot of mobile games are features. just inherently different than console games. However, console games and PC games are oftentimes 
uh, like the same game, like multi-platform games, right? Like on the PC, you can crank up the bells and whistles. Obviously, you can do like uh, three monitors surrounding you, all these other things that make the experience maybe more realistic or immersive, but they're still fundamentally the same games. So I don't really see how they're so different that you can say that you just can't compare. I used to work with somebody. His name is Josh Norm. He used to do this oh, to me when go. I'd be talking. He's like, Gordon, I'd be like going on. And he'd be like, hmm. Yeah, Gordon. <laughs> it is a very Josh thing to do. Very. And I, I, look, I think I'm, I believe I've been completely consistent because <laughs> I don't think they compare. But if you want to get in my face and tell me PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X is better than PC, I will sit there and yell at you all day. We will yell all day. Because you know what? If you want to argue, I love arguing. I will argue about anything. But they don't compare. They just simply, they live in such different worlds. Why are we arguing? But you know what? If you're going to come yell at me, I'm not going to walk away, turn my face, and like, okay, whatever. I'm going to be like, you're so full. What are you talking about? Like, we just talked about Big Navi being twice as fast as the Xbox and PlayStation 5. I'm not going to like... I'm not going to just give that person their chance to, like, you know, say whatever smack and then get away. It's like, no, man, we're going to do some payback here. Like, hey, you know what? You can thank us for our service because we have given your ability to still survive, right? (laughs) You've used everything developed for the PC so that you can make a product and actually survive as console gamers. I have no problem saying that because if somebody wants to get in my face about it, I will do that. But they do not compare. For me, console gaming just doesn't work it doesn't work it's just for me i would never spend 500 dollars on a game console because that's not what i do for a console gamer they would probably never spend 500 dollars on a pc because that's not how they roll they do of course they do a lot of those people are going to have a laptop that costs twice as much as their console yeah (laughs) but i'm not saying a macbook just kidding no (laughs) but that's again that's why i think i'm totally consistent i just think i don't care it's like it's like people who try to say Phone gaming is as good as PC gaming or console gaming. And there's people who do, right? They're, come on. You know they're stupid, but you're still going to like <laughs> – but you're not going to let them get away with that. You're not going to let them get away with a statement like that. Well, you're just going like, to get in their face too. On the, fl- on the flip side though, and I, I, I tried to make it very clear in my, in my video, like in no way is that $500 PC – going to be able to keep up with a $500 console no way. in games. Right? You can agree no to way. that, though, right? There's absolutely no point to try to build a $500 PC to current with the parts we have today to even compete with the game console. You are getting a ton of value in performance for console gaming, right? There's just no... It doesn't make any sense. But I will say, GeForce Experience on that $500 GeForce PC... Now. GeForce Now, sorry, I'm still... GeForce yep. Now on that $500 PC could work. And then again, if, I, if, if I'm doing things that I need on a PC, that's, that's what I get. This, these are tools. There is no, like, one thing is best. These are tools for a certain thing. And the, the value you're getting in this tool for consoles is awesome, right? So, but it's not... Again, I think it, it just doesn't compare. What is the point anymore? There's just no point in trying to, like... Like, for me, it would never work. For maybe for Elena, it would work because she likes consoles. Maybe it would work for you, Adam, because you like controllers. I don't. That's that's your thing. But don't get in somebody's grill and say like, "Well, you know, there's so much value here," and then then it's like, "Well, you know." But look, we have a big Navi. We've got 3080. That's like, is <laughs> like makes your 
your brand have, new console look like a joke. We have right? graphics cards that cost as much as your entire console. Oh, so now it's all about values. It's not just like, oh, I, I thought it was I about say performance. That. I didn't I say about- that at all. I just think this is hilarious. <laughs> No, because you can't. I'm just not, I don't let people, you're not going to just, I, I just, no, you, you want to argue, I'll argue with you all day. That's, that's what I love to do because if you argue with people, maybe they'll actually, the light bulb will go off and they'll go ding. Maybe, yeah, I can convince this person. But yeah, there's just no, there's no point in trying to build a $500 PC to come, to build a $500 gaming PC to compete with a game console. It's just sort of like the graphics quality will be so much better on a $500 console than you're going to get out of a $500 piece. I, I don't, it makes no sense. So, but it's a different thing. I don't even think it really matters because gaming's different. You've got GeForce now. I can do my taxes, run office, Photoshop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's things console. that are obvious to us, you know, and, and obviously it was a, it was, it was kind of a, a facetious piece, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm not personally making that choice. This isn't my personal $500 making that choice. For me, it's more like, oh, this is funny to think, man, $500, what does that get you for a PC? Because I, I just, like I said, I've never built a $500 PC. My first PC build was like 750 you know, which I think is probably the, you know, the, the, the better place to start. Uh, but I'm curious. I mean, I saw Elena build her, her little sprout, you know, and, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I remember we testing that out, you know, and the 3400G is, is definitely, you know, improved upon that. So, I mean, I'm curious to see. Do you have a hard drive or an SSD? I have both. I have an M.2, okay. 512 okay. M.2 and a, a two terabyte hard drive. Okay. That's, you know, You'll honestly. It all tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be indistinguishable from... Most of what people do. I mean, that to be honest, yeah. Again, if the blob had destroyed everything, I would take your five hundred dollar PC over a game console because I got to help try to destroy the blob. I'm not going to like Elena kick back with your friends on the couch, drinking wine coolers and playing games. Wine hey, are they taking care of that yet? So the the the, the question I had, and you know, and I kind of went back and forth on this for a while, is that you know, I obviously ended up going with with Ryzen thirty four hundred G that's going to be in the system. But my first instinct was to go an i three ninety one hundred f with uh, a a dedicated GPU, um, like an RX five seventy something like that. You know what I mean? So like, which would have done way better in gaming, you know. But it, it was the the long term upgradeability because you know I, I would love to literally have this box you know around for then when the PS five Pro comes out in two or three years and be like, hey, now I'm going to take that five hundred dollars and put it back in this system and see what I can get. You know, like things like that. Like it's. You, you get the long-term upgradability rather than the short-term gaming value, uh, in my mind. What, what do you think, Gordon? Which 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 would you rather had? Boy, I well, I mean, a five seventy is not gonna is not gonna run with um, new consoles as far as pure graphics performance. No, I would think. But again, I mean, it's gonna do better than the thirty four hundred G, though. It will do better than thirty, way better than thirty four hundred. But I just still think like it's one of those things where it's not it's not one or the other. To be honest, you either you're committed to having the very best game console experience. Hey, this is. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean between the Intel and the AMD for five hundred dollars. Yeah, so then yeah, that is I one would, <laughs> If gaming were more important, then I would I would have gone with the uh, discrete graphics. You know, if I wanted a more balanced gaming experience, that I would be happier with. Yeah, but if that means like going with a five seventy and i three means no SSD, then no. No, I just can't. I can't. You can't go with a hard drive only solution these days. 
yeah or people were like oh jump down to eight gigs of ram and oh boy yeah i, I can't i can't do that either <laughs> uh eight gigs i mean you can SSD is is but. not too bad it's really not that bad you know four gigs is really not fun but eight is you not bad buy if you an have eight but these days with ram being so cheap just go 16 yeah yeah and also, you know, once I, again, the the upgradability, right? You know, it's like in in a couple of years, if I, if I theoretically had more money to put into the system, you know, uh, like the hard drives and the RAM are, are probably already pretty set. You know, like I'm, I'm I can look at a, a, a CPU or or a dedicated GPU. Yeah, but I don't know what's what board are you using? Are you going to be able to go forward, or is that really? It's a, it's a B450. Uh, it's micro ATX. Um, it's, it's, it's like seventy five for a RAM. Uh, crap, I don't have it on me. Have they pledged to support um, next-gen Ryzen 5 series on that? I haven't looked that up on, on the box. It says it's, it's, it's you know, ready for the newest one, but it's not, yeah, like, it's a little bit older of a motherboard, I think, so. But I guess even so, you could put in, you know, a, a hotter uh, AMD CPU in that. But even, even with Intel, you probably could have gone to a hotter, I mean, they're both, I think they're both good paths. It really... I don't think either would have been a mistake. I think uh, the discrete graphics would have definitely better better gaming experience. So I agree. If that's the way to go, then it's not bad. I'm just surprised. Is the pricing? Does it? Did it change the pricing that much going from the the third 400G to the i3? Uh, well, they. I mean, the, it, it would have been a cheaper CPU motherboard combo to obviously make up for the 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 GPU. For yeah. me, for uh, well, and, and honestly, I was surprised because uh, uh, Discord was was very against me going Intel. Uh, really? So, you know, a- AMD love. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, as like in the here and now, it would have been it would have definitely been a better gaming experience. Thirty five hundred is is great for that price band, but you know, five it's not going to hold a candle to a five seventy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure not. Definitely not, but also it depends on the kind of games, right? You know. Yeah. So, I mean, you you crank I mean, it, League of Legends on there, you know, and it, it's it's probably going to play just just it, it damn fine. A bunch of indie games, you know. Yeah, it is hard to we you know living in the world of you know thirty eighties and big Navi and thirty ninety and you know there are a lot of people who gaming on a thirty four hundred G is like that is a big upgrade to them so. Yep. It's still awesome for from at that perspective. It's hard to, to see that from where we live sometimes, but it's a good part. Yeah, well, and I, I like the idea almost of, uh, of trying to then see, okay, what, what could that motherboard handle, right? You know, because we talk about theoretically, like, you know, putting a, a hotter chip in there, uh, you know, worrying about what a motherboard can take, like how far could I push it, you know? If I was like, hey, yeah. I, I got some more money to burn to upgrade the, the CPU. Obviously, a GPU, you know, isn't really going to matter. Uh, so the the CPU side, I'm, I'm also interested to see, you know, plop in a, a, a bigger a bigger chip and, uh, and see how it runs. So I do wonder, so you would both buy your $500 game console instead of a $500 PC? If the blob had wiped everything out? I'm I mean, just... if the blob had wiped everything out, I think I've got bigger problems than being on a PC. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'd want to make sure, like, the infrastructure was still intact. Learn Morse code. And other more. And other no, things it's only wiped out your important. town. It's only wiped out your town. 
So yeah, but my town still requires like running water, electricity, and whatnot for basic living conveniences. No, remember we're plumbers now. We took the plumber education. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. They're not going to relocate the shelter to like a hundred yards from the blob. They would. They would be somewhere very safe, and society would have restarted. People would have maybe the blob. They ended up. I don't want to give you spoiler. Spoiler: They froze it. I think so. I'm just. I'm just saying that like. It depends, like, who am I in this world? Am I smart enough to warrant a computer? Because I'm not. I'm, I am just going to kick in the back with a hard cider and play some video games. <laughs> Keep the kids entertained while the smart people uh, do their stuff uninterrupted. So that is really your, that is how you're contributing to post-blob world is. Hey, look, babysitting is an important, video games. important thing, especially in, in times like pandemics and blobs. <laughs> It's, it's good to know, like in the in the zombie apocalypse, and the what Elena will be doing. What are you doing? Taking Playing video games on a PlayStation, well, or Xbox. But to to follow up, what Elena will be doing after this is probably, or is definitely more important than what I'm doing. Uh, you know, she's going to be doing a PC build coming up that is going to try to Mac, uh, <laughs> not just one. Yeah, to try to match spec for spec as close as we can to the new consoles to say, hey, yeah. you know, how, how much. You know, how much would a PC building, uh, you know, to that same hardware cost? Uh, and what it looks like right now specifically, because yep. the, the conundrum is that a lot of the the parts that would be, especially for the GPU side, a lot of the parts that would be comparable don't exist yet or won't exist for a while. Right. So like because all the things that have come out so far are the things in the top range. And we're really looking at cards that are going to be more in the mid range that would be comparable and they don't exist yet. They don't officially exist in any capacity yet. Um, So that part will be interesting. And then matching quote unquote spec for spec will be also, I think a point of contention and controversy. I am expecting a lot of comments as well, just as you got on your introductory Mm -hmm. video, Adam. So you can't match it spec for spec. You know, it's uh, it's got a faster hard drive. It's got a Blu-ray drive. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a 4K Blu-ray drive. How are you going to match that, et cetera, et cetera? So (laughs) I'm really anticipating all of this. The the current plan is to build at least one system live, possibly two. Uh, We'll see how it goes. If I'm really feeling ambitious, I might try all three. We'll see. You know, I haven't, I haven't, I wonder if they have, um, if I haven't looked at the Blu-ray situation because it just feels like hasn't it's, changed. Yeah, well, we'll just, yeah, yeah. So the SGX is still the limiting factor. So you still can't do. 4K you're you're, UHD you're pretty on much AMD. still locked into Intel as a platform for that. Huh. Interesting. I would think yeah. that hopefully on new new parts they have some kind of DRM that would be compatible. But I mean, as honestly. Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray is really, I think, tightly locked down on PC yeah. just because of the potential for piracy. So honestly, if you're looking for something that's going to be a Blu-ray player, just a player, then you're best off getting something that's meant for your living room because you know all the DRM protections are baked in and then it's not so onerous to deal with. I, I, you know, and the funny thing is because I, and I will admit I was completely wrong because I'd predicted you know, 12 years ago that, you know, Blu-ray would matter. 
because it, you know that I thought consumers would always want to own the content rather than you know always having to pay to access content. But clearly, I was wrong because no one wants to own Blu-rays; they just simply want to stream it now. So um, I, I I do wonder, like, who cares? You know, I just who cares? Just buying digitally. Uh, I, I personally try to get the best of both worlds. I will buy versions of like, Blu-rays and DVDs that have a digital um, code that go with it. So then I can have the physical disc on hand if I need it. But then I also have it you know, available digitally for ease. Do you really buy Blu-rays? Yeah, for stuff no. that I like. Yeah, actually, actually I, I do too. Yeah, things uh, that I'm like, man, these are my some of my favorite movies of all time. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hold on to that. Wow, uh, interesting. Also, let's not forget that the the, um, the lower end of the consoles don't have uh, don't have drives. So you yeah. know, like the. It, I still don't agree with that decision on Microsoft's part. I think with the S being pared down. In terms of specs as well, it's a whole different console, and it should not be digital only. But that's just that's just my personal take. They've been they've just, been playing with digital only versions of their consoles for a while now. Just because you think that crowd is is unlikely to be able to download a eighty gig game at home immediately. I mean, I think it I think it does kind of force people who are living in areas of the U.S. that don't have good broadband to have to get the more expensive console if that's really an issue for them. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that as a business decision. I'm sure there's a lot of people who crunched numbers and said that it was, it was worth doing it that way, obviously. But, uh, you know, you know me. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of forcing people to buy more than they have to. I'm need. just surprised that an optical drive would add that much to the cost of a unit. But Maybe I mean, it's just that they wanted to strip Blu-ray. away as much cost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's got to be a chunk. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, yes. yeah. So lots of PC builds coming up. It's going to be fun. Lots. New consoles coming out. You know, I yeah. obviously am not buying any of them. I can't. Did you, did you get a pre-order in Elena or no? For one, I no. did not. No. Um, okay. Oh, before I forget, if you all have opinions, like I'm ready forming my build list. I'm pretty set on some things, but it, I am curious to hear what you all think in terms of spec for spec. So if you have opinions, you want to chat about it, join our Discord. Uh, drop it in the gaming channel or hardware talk, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'll surprise you all in the end, though. Nice. I'm not going to reveal it. Nice. Early, like Adam did. <laughs> uh, well, here we go. Let's uh, let's get into some questions. Uh, anybody have a hard out? I forgot to ask. I do not. Gordon? I did see one question fly by in YouTube chat that I wanted to get to at some point. The Chinese food, right? Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. Just kidding. No. That one's hard. <laughs> I don't my, want to answer that my one. My bladder has a heart out. I'll, I'll, I'll take a break. You guys take more console yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Go, go. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Snoopy. He has a Snoopy cushion. Oh, that's so cute. He's so cute. Yeah, man. Who knew? He was big. I, you know, I like Snoopy. He's a good fan. <laughs> um, so I, I got a good question uh, earlier today over on Discord. If you want to get your questions in at any time, go over to the Folder Discord. There's a uh, link to it in the description. Uh, we have a, a channel in there that you can drop in questions that we'll get to during the show. Uh, Liquid R had asked, uh, when you guys make your videos uh, for examining new parts, builds, uh, etc., how much previs do we do? Uh, pre-visualization. Uh, do, we, do we do any storyboard? Uh, do we work through the talking points? I, I thought this was kind of interesting from a production side. Uh, I will say I, 
from my end, I do not know how to draw worth anything. So storyboarding <laughs> has always been a, a point of contention for me. Like uh, I've tried to storyboard here and there and I'm just like, I, I, I don't even know what that looks like. So that's just worthless on my end. Uh, so I'd say most of the pre-production we do is usually on outlines and knowing, you know, what we're going to hit next, you know, what we're going to say, making sure we have the, the specs right, uh, you know, and every, everything that we're going to cover uh, for the actual production side, other than, you know, making sure we have the right equipment. Uh, we usually kind of, you know, if it's not templatized, like, like Elena's, you know, PC builds uh, or uh, sorry, case teardowns, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll kind of do stuff on the fly and, and it'll depend on what kind of hardware it is. Uh, obviously it's different now because, you know, everybody's shooting and working from home, but it was also different in the studio as well. So, uh, yeah, I saw that question and my first, my first instinctive response was hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for it, please. No, I mean, that's really like, I feel like that's, that was our approach when we were back in the office. It was like, you want to do it? All right, let's just do it. <laughs> hold my yeah, beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why, why we focused on, you know, when, when doing unboxings and doing care teardowns and stuff, it was definitely a lot more, uh, run and gun, you know, shoot from the hip, uh, kind of, you know, get in there a lot more laid back and casual, uh, because sometimes we just didn't have the time, you know, it's like, Hey, you know what? And also some things I think works better in that format to a certain degree, you know, is, is to, to have a casual conversation rather than, you know, set up, you know, hours worth of pretty B roll and, and, you know, extravagant lighting, which is fun. I mean, I like doing it personally, but sometimes it can get in the way of, of being able to see things from a different light, which is why I think we, we try to try approach things differently. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I mean, as much, as much pre-production as we can do usually is centered around the, you know, what, what the, what the, the piece of hardware is, how we're going to approach it, uh, and making sure we have all the information we need to either put it in context or present it accurately, uh, you know, to, to what it is. So, but that was a fun one. Uh, uh, we got a repost from Boria Zero, friend of the show. Uh, with 3080 pre-orders now open at most major retailers, when can we expect these GPUs to launch? It's, it's a joke. He, he keeps reposting that, you know, wondering when uh, 3080s are going to be back in stock. Uh, 2021. Yeah, yeah, 2021. <laughs> October 28th, I think is what people were saying, right? October 28th, is it really? Or are you making a joke? That's a joke because... A joke. Oh, oh, and, AMD, oh okay. AMD launched it. Got it, got it, got it. They're okay. going to try to bomb their, their launch somehow. Okay. Sorry. Uh, CosMC uh, did have a question. Uh, with new console performance, do we, expect, do we expect $200 to be the entry level for GPUs, uh, considering the hardware requirements for things like Cyberpunk and the new Watchdogs and Assassin's Creed? Uh, what, what do we think is going to be like the, the entry level, like the newest... 570 or whatever that just it stayed around for so long <laughs> i would think that older parts would get pushed down in the meanwhile as new parts get launched but yeah i mean it, it's i mean the best the best thing about or the worst thing about pc is it all runs it just doesn't look as pretty so i, I don't think it'll change that much if you have a those things will run most likely on existing gpus just will look pretty ugly but if you're saying what will be the price to get into like running brand new AAA titles 
looking awesome at 1080p, 60 frames a second, then I think probably you're, it'll take, I think it'll be considerably higher than $200, maybe three to 400 maybe. You think it's going to inflate that much? Because I, I think, I think so, I think if I'm sort of getting at it, I think what he or she is saying is, uh, what's it going to take to get 1080p, 60 frames a second, no compromise game settings? I don't think you're going to do that um, until more generations of cards are announced. So probably the floor would be, you know, 3070 or whatever the, just sort of assuming on, I don't know where the, the older cards will shake out to in pricing, but I would think you'll need a 3070 equivalent card or, you know, probably 2080, don't you think? Wait, so Kaz's question was specific to the consoles being the limiting factor or the raising the bar, was that, Adam? No, yeah, I think he's just saying, questions? yeah. Uh, the, he said, with new console performance, do we expect $200 to be the entry level for GPUs? And then he did follow up and say, it's more based around, do we think $200 GPUs will still exist? Because the performance so. on console is so high, you know, like, do, do you... Well, don't forget the limiting factor is not going to be the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. It's going to be the Series S in all likelihood. None of this will matter. Um, I don't understand why people think somehow like developers will throw a light switch and suddenly like, oh my God, now we've got higher end hardware. Let's make all of our games not run on the existing huge base of PCs out there. No, they're we're not, not saying that, but that. I'm just saying we're going back to your point saying that you think that three to four hundred dollars is gonna be the entry point that people are gonna need, or like even a thirty so thirty seventy range. I, I I don't think that. I think it would still I think Kaz's um price would be probably the higher end of the low of the of the minimum bar is what I'm I think I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I, I think I think if you want to play AAA games, yeah, 200 is probably still going to be a comfortable place to start. I don't see it being like a hard and fast sort of requirement. And honestly, by the time by the time we see games start to really make use of a lot of things that are in the hardware, it's going to be a few years out. I'm getting I'm 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 guessing that the games that will take more full advantage are still in development right now, which means that by then we will have more PC cycles, at least one more generation, which then means that all the performance you're seeing now will drop down to lower tiers. Yeah. So the way I I sort of interpreted it is um, by saying the bar is raised, you know, again, on PC, everything runs. But I, I, I sort of see it as the visual quality on uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X will be here. What's it going to take to achieve the visual quality that people are seeing on essentially base level console on PC? And I think you will need a three to $400 graphics card to achieve that on PC at 1080p. We're not even probably talking 4K. But what do you I mean think, like right now? Yeah. So I, I think you will it will not be... I think these next generation consoles, the visual quality is just going to be insanely good. So you will definitely not see that on a $200 GPU. You will not see that in integrated graphics. I think it'll be a considerably higher bar. And then, of course, there's a very good chance they'll take advantage of whatever hardware ray tracing that will immediately come with RDNA 2. So when you bake in ray tracing, 
on how good some console titles will look day one. And to achieve that on a PC, it, it ain't going to be cheap. That's the way I interpreted it. Uh, all right, next question from Mogo. Question for Gordon. Do Intel and AMD need to set aside their differences and start working together to ensure their survival? How big a threat is ARM with NVIDIA money to x86? I, I don't think they would ever work together. Um, they may complement each other if they knew it would become a threat. I'm. It's not clear to me that it will be a threat anytime soon. We're talking down the road possibly, but I, I don't think... You know, I'm always optimistic that, you know, I'm not saying that fundamentally x86 is better than ARM. And, of course, I'm only talking about it from desktop. Data center is probably where it'll be weird. But even there, I'll believe it when I see it. When ARM is such a threat. Now, I know people think I just simply hate ARM or Apple or whatever. But what it comes down to is what's better. Now, the day that ARM just blows me away by what you can do on our existing pc and x86 i will be the first one to say we got our butts handed to us i ain't seen that yet and i don't think that's going to happen i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon in fact the competition between amd and intel has raised the bar for arm to even come close i don't think it's going to happen i will gladly say it when that day happens but it's not going to happen it's just not going to happen anytime soon but you know what i Again, competition's good, no matter from whom. The day that ARM comes and cleans our clocks, hey, you got you can't just then scream that no, they cheated, they didn't win. But if it's the same thing, if you're running Photoshop Office and playing games and that like I can if I can't tell the difference between one running Windows, the world that I live in, and the other, and one is faster, then that's the day you lose. Not simply we're gonna pick some cherry pick baked benchmark and proclaim to be faster that's ridiculous so no okay uh next question for elena from a friend of the show ziv uh, do we need to be on the lookout for and wary of black friday specific models i.e parts peripherals that are cut down on specs or quality versus normal in order for companies to maintain margins on black friday sales you know, typically in the past, I haven't seen that as a thing to watch out for. That said, given this year, I don't know if that would be a thing to look out for. No different than, you know, when uh, tissue paper makers suddenly give you only 45 sheets in a box instead of 60 kind of thing. Um, I would just say if you're worried about it, it's always a valid thing to always have in the back of your mind. Just make sure to look over specs carefully and uh, compare it to what you know of like what came out in the reviews and whatnot. And that's, I mean, reviewers are always very clear about what they're reviewing, so it shouldn't be hard to compare specs. That doesn't seem to happen here anymore. It actually used to be a thing in like the 1990s where you would have an OEM version of a card, a sound card, and it would be defeatured over the retail version. And of course, nobody would ever tell you that because they only talk about the the version that you're getting. But it feels like at least in the Western market, generally, you know, retail is the same as, as OEM and just typically the OEM ones that are sort of kind of fall into the gray market. But it looks like a lot of those weird duck ones always show up overseas. Like you'll see a, a Linus video where he bought some bizarre part. Like it's actually a real GeForce, but it's like we never have seen this here because it's just simply not sold here. 
Do you think that could be it, though, Elena? Like those things, those things just don't make it here, right? They just no. I mean, if you ever see those, I think it'd be like ultra gray market at best, or you're actually buying from places like AliExpress. Yeah, I mean that's it's so weird, right? But they're real. They're not like they're they're fake. It's just simply they're just for different so, markets. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, I have not seen that as an issue in previous years. Okay. Uh, technical question from RUATXNJRO6. Uh, how many PCI 4 and 3.0 lanes does the 5000 series give motherboards? The new Ryzen chips. I don't know if I can say. I okay. don't remember. So I'm going to err on I can't say because I can't remember what's we can say at this point. <laughs> All right. Easy enough. <laughs> oh, I think... You know, I can't. I can't remember what's... It's okay. All will be revealed eventually. All will be revealed. Uh, Dennis Siberian, uh, friend of the show, asked, will ray tracing help make game... uh, eh. With ray tracing help uh, helping make game engines easier since all the lighting will be done automatically by the hardware, do you think that game AI will follow the same path and become hardware accelerated? Hmm, That'd be... That's... That would be pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen anybody really do that, but it would be better. It's almost harder, though, because you have to, you know, all PC gaming, the difficulty is you have to have everything from a dual-core i3 all the way up to a Ryzen 9 6950X in mind, so it has to work on everything. That's why game physics and AIs typically not been amazing, so I don't think it'll happen anytime soon it'd be great it would be great okay uh interesting one from uh bad badest seven uh what do you think is the current bottleneck in gaming and computing in general new gpus are blazing fast m.2 drives are solid ram is good it seems to be my untrained eye that it's c cpus or software just wanted would just want your take on this what do you think gordon I think the bottleneck is our our very ecosystem, where, which is what's what's beautiful about game consoles is they can sometimes burn everything to the ground and start over again. This is very much an Apple world where they just simply destroy everything and start over again, and you build a new world that's better. Our legacy is our strength, and it's also our fault too. You can't make a game that is just so high end, so amazing with off. Like the AI is amazing, the physics are amazing, the graphics are amazing, and the the amount of you know storage bandwidth it uses so is so amazing, and then actually expect to actually sell that game enough to make money, and the problem is again because you have to run on everything down to you know quad cores, low end graphics, and scale it up to the very high end. So it's just the baggage we have. You can't. You can't throw those people overboard because you want to sell those people a copy of your game. And I don't think that's really going to change. It would be cool if that could happen, but that is not how we're built. That is what they do at Apple. That is what they do on game consoles. So that is more so than a bottleneck of technology. It's just simply legacy. All right. Uh, Elena, did you see any more hardware-related questions? 
Yeah. So Dark yeah. Helmet asked earlier, and I didn't write it down specifically, so I'm paraphrasing at this point. So if you're still in chat, let me know if I get it wrong. But Dark Helmet wanted to know my take on uh, SSD prices. If I think that uh, two terabyte drives, which I think are about $200 right now, are going to drop any further. Um, all the things that I've been reading are predicting another 10%, 10 to 15% drop between Q4 and early uh, in Q4 early 2021. So I do think that uh, at least for Black Friday, we could still see a smaller, a small drop still in pricing. So uh, if you desperately need it now, I don't think it's really, if you can get on a good deal, like it's not worth waiting for, but if you can wait, you might as well wait a couple more weeks, I guess maybe a month at this point. That has been disappointing, I have to say, Elena. I'm very disappointed in that. Very, very disappointed. Yeah, it's weird that like the so there was a there was a period where flash based storage was just very predictably dropping year over year, and then we just stalled out at the one terabyte capacity. Yeah, one terabyte for a hundred bucks. It's just maybe eighty dollars or ninety on a special, but yeah, I'm bitterly disappointed. Two terabyte drives aren't one hundred and fifty to hundred dollars i know it's very strange i would have expected it by now too yeah and the crazy thing is you know the news today last night is intel basically said we give up this ain't no fun we're going to sell our nand division to sk hynix so you would think that would indicate prices should go through the floor but i guess just there's just everybody soaking everything up in all different devices that nand is still in can't probably can't meet demand enough to to make prices crater enough uh that but, I mean, also, it just seems like they're not working as hard to increase capacity. It's almost like they're they're kind of comfortable where they're at. You know what I mean? Because I think for a while there was that march where it's like every year they would have a higher capacity. And that would obviously push down everything else in the stack. But we're, we're, we, we only really just started getting to four terabyte drives, right? Like we're not really seeing that much more in the higher end. I mean, there's an eight terabyte drive now. I think Samsung just put one out in July or August. But yeah. it's very slow. Very yeah, slow. there's a there's a few. Yeah, you would think I would have thought the natural thing would have been as the density increases, the the cost would get lower on the you know, but it, it just hasn't. I don't understand why. I don't follow yeah. SSDs that closely, but I it's just either. been really. But it's just been like oh, it's so disappointing, so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I'm filling up my one terabyte drive pretty quickly. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do you got, Elena? You see anything else? Uh, that was I, I actually wasn't able to monitor chat that much today because oh, okay. uh, normally I'm just in the background hanging out while Brad and Gordon drive the conversation. But no today worries. I didn't see then anything. Le- let's finish with some uh, a, a quick a lightning round of food questions from uh, <laughs> friend of the show, Dennis. Uh, number one, do you prefer salami or jerky, Gordon? Hmm. That's a, you know, I think if I had a. They're so different. <laughs> I think, it, I don't know if that really, it's sort of like, you know, I could go either. I I would think if I like, if I had both packages there, I, I'd flip a coin. Sometimes you want salami. So there's sometimes salami out of the fridge. Midnight's pretty damn awesome. It yep. definitely fulfills a spot that I don't think jerky ever does at midnight. It just doesn't. So I would say salami has a slight edge. Um, there's some really good jerky though, but yeah, I would say if, okay, I'm going to give a 60% salami, 60% salami. Cause it just doesn't, 
you don't go like, oh, I'm going to go and grab a bag of jerky and eat this at midnight unless you're like camping. But like generally, yeah, salami. Okay. It's going to give it to salami. Uh, Elena. Elena. Adam. Oh, so this is a hard, this is a hard question to answer because I, normally I would just immediately say salami, but pragmatically speaking, I'd probably have to go with jerky just because at least pre-pandemic times I traveled a lot and that stuff is very useful to have around when you're on the go. It's a lot easier to travel with uh, jerky than salami. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, what's funny. If you ever look at your jerky bag, sometimes it'll say, and often, and now I never realize this, refrigerate after you open. I have never had that in the kind that I buy. Salami? Look no, at the bag. Beef it, jerky. It, it, oh, beef jerky. Really? Says that? Yeah, I have some in the fridge now. We were like, this has been sitting outside for like two months. It says refrigerate after opening. (laughs) Really? It's probably some microbes going on it, but I I don't know. Maybe that's what happens when you get beef jerky that has too much water content. Yeah, right. Too much like the sauce and stuff on it. But that's the kind that tastes better, you know? The other one's just basically sandpaper. It's flavored like beef. (sighs) Depends. Snap into a Slim Jim. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a salami guy. I like jerky, but yeah, I'm probably like 80, 80% salami, 20% jerky uh, online. Yeah. Okay, uh, next one. Um, what is your opinion on horseradish, Gordon? Uh, if you ever have it with uh, prime rib, you just it's the best thing in the world, especially House of Prime Rib, San Francisco, the reopening now. Uh, yeah, no, horseradish with the right food is awesome. It's awesome. It's basically wasabi, right? So... Man, you get a good prime rib with horseradish. <laughs> Adam and I are both yeah. in the background. Yeah. Just nope. me like, nope, nope, nope. thumbs nope. down. Thumbs down. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have horseradish with your house of prime rib? Prime no. rib? Dude, One, I-, I, don't, I can't afford to go to house of prime rib as often as you, apparently. <laughs> Two, I don't. I, I, to me, the sign of a good steak is when you don't need to have whoa, anything. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I don't put anything prime on rib, my steak. Prime rib is not a steak. But any prime kind of beef. So like, like, well, even like roast beef, uh, prime rib, <sighs> steaks, things like that. If the beef is good enough quality, you do not need a lot on top of it. Have you, either of you, ever eaten at the House of Prime Rib? Only once, which is why I made that crack about wages. (laughs) You are both not qualified to comment on the use of the proper application of of horseradish on a House of Prime Rib. Prime Rib. I just don't like horseradish. Like it's too sharp for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'd try it. I'm not against it. I'd try it once, but yeah, like I I kind of already know where I'm going to lie on it. So this is ridiculous. This is like asking me about. Console gaming. I know absolutely jack diddly squat about console gaming. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't care. Don't know nothing about it. My opinion is worthless. If you you both have only you've both combined have eaten at the House of Prime Rib once, so that's just no. The thing is that you're asking us about something that's very personal, like which is our taste buds. So like, you, like come on, dude. <laughs> no, because there's simply things like, do I? <laughs> Are my taste buds personalized like getting punched in the face? I'm going to guess both of you don't like getting punched in the face. So I can give you the universal experience hey, don't that shame. if you eat at the house of prime rib, you want horseradish on your prime rib. Go go there. House of Prime Rib, it's open now. San Francisco. 
I mean, it's, it's like saying uh, mustard on a hot dog. I, I hate mustard, no matter what you tell me. I'm just not a mustard it's, fan. So. I still find that baffling, but I understand yeah. it. Just like you I mean, love sweets. You right? love sweets. Like, yeah. you love sweets. And yeah. I'm so not a sweets person. And ketchup is way sweeter. So, <laughs> Senator, Senator, I like hot dogs. I've eaten a lot of hot dogs. A hot dog is not a house of prime rib. Prime rib. Do not compare it in the same family. So, but according to this logic, the only reason why horseradish exists is for the house of prime rib. <laughs> well, we're talking about house of prime rib on no, horse. No, just we're talking like, about horseradish. The question was, what's your feeling yeah, on horseradish? The question was horseradish specifically, and we don't like horseradish. So yeah. putting it on prime rib to me is not going to make it any better. It's just going to make the prime rib worse. <laughs> Do not compare a hot dog with mustard on it to a house of prime rib with horseradish. <laughs> I will just say, I am a veteran of the house of prime rib. Go there. We used to go there all the time with you know the guys. We'd go there, and you got to have the horse. You got to have the prime. If somebody telling you not to put horseradish on the house of prime rib, prime rib, no. Okay. Uh, here's <laughs> last question. This has been this has been really hard for Elena and for Willis, Gordon. What is your favorite Chinese food? Hmm. It's like well, you pick your favorite child, man. No, I just kind of think like, well, what would I? I uh, just, yeah, that's just way too, you know, because you basically, I've eaten it my whole life. I, I think every, I, I don't think I could pick a favorite. It really, I'm, I'm with Elena, but you know, also, you know, if you're from the southern end, because you know we're southerners, basically, if you're from there, most of the. Poor southern regions are the ones that came here um, early. Um, I don't. I would definitely no. I I can't. I can't say. There's just no. There's no way you could pick. It just doesn't. It's like, it's like asking what's your favorite European food. Like China is so huge to begin Schnitzel. with, right? There's like different. There's different regions with very different distinct varieties, and then on top of that, as Gordon was saying, like a lot of us are Cantonese, so from the Canton province, which still has its own sub areas of different cuisine. And then on top of that, like a lot of us grew up with home cooking, which is not what you get in restaurants, and so yeah, it gets yeah. complicated. Like, how am I supposed to pick just a favorite, or even like I, I would be hard pressed to do a top twenty. Yeah, but it definitely, yeah, it's really the southern thing because it's really interesting because I don't know if this is the same for you, Elena, but like like that northern food, that Yankee food is like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm okay with the you dumplings. Know? The dumplings are pretty great. I don't know. I just like compared oh, to the southern on, food. Soup dumplings. Because southern food, so and I don't, why is it always southern region food is the best? Like that northern, especially that far northern stuff. It's like this is not a. Is this food or what is this? Is like basically jerky <laughs> on a. It's true. It's true. When I first started, so I didn't really eat that much at all growing up because like there wasn't really money for that. So the first time I had more northern style cuisine, I was like, "What is this? Like this is weird." But I've come around on it. Like it's it's just different, but it's still good. No. No. For me, it's just like it's just not even. <laughs> so you don't like like the spicy noodles and things like that. That's pretty great. Yeah, but you don't go like, yeah, I'm, could you eat that like 700 times a year? No, like maybe once when you're with family and they've picked the restaurant and you eat there because they're eating there and you have to. That would be the reason why. But no, I would never like, yeah, let's go have some northern food. That Yankee, <laughs> that's the same thing here in the U.S. South. They're like, what in the world are you eating up there? That stuff is terrible, right? <laughs> but I mean, to me, like there's no good, like there's no way I could pick the favorite Italian or Mexican either because it's all so damn good. You know, I, mean, I don't food, know how good food is just good food. It's yeah. 
Yeah, and that's true. And there's really very rare that Northerners ever make good food. I I I politely uh, decline to agree on that. No, I, I mean on all continents. Like if you think about it, Italian food that's the southern continent. British food, I'm sorry, we have a lot of uh, you know publications in the UK, but <laughs> oh my. Yorkshire pudding's pretty great. Oh yeah, hey, you know what? You want to go get some British food right now? No, I'm just sorry. You can't go around with carbs. That's all I'm saying. Yorkshire pudding, A plus. I mean, isn't British food just beer? I yeah, but I'm just it doesn't it. it doesn't. You go like Italian food or it's weird. It's like from the south, it's always good. The hotter regions, and then you start to get more northern where it's colder, and you're basically eating fur pelts. It's just kind of like it's almost <laughs> like that, yeah? right? I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Someone needs to clip that. No, but then you got the Southerners. The Southerners like eating, you know, eat your ham hocks. You eat every part of the animal, which I'm not that down home. I can't do that. But that's always a Southern thing. The Northerners are like, but they're really just kind of like non on rocks. You know, I just, I don't know what it is with Northern. (laughs) And it's it's all Northern continents. North continent is, right? Somebody in chat just pointed out that uh, New York has excellent food. Yeah, but New York is an international city. City. When's the last time you went and had Canadian food? When's the last time you had Mexican poutine, food? Poutine, man. Poutine. Yeah, poutine. yeah. Well, I don't even know what that is because you know what? They don't have that at the Mexican restaurant. Want, I go to 400 want, times a year. Do you want calories with your calories? Because that's poutine. No, but, with but some look, calories got, on top. Yes. Like for us, like Mexico, well, that food is like, that's, that's like God's gift. It's like Canadian food. Sorry, Canadians. You got, got a lot of cool stuff. What else? <laughs> like oh that's some <laughs> what else do you got and you like got snow. Think, as you go further and further it's like oh what's what's for dinner tonight oh we have some melted like whale fat or something like that it's like uh that's it like, do you don't have gravy or something no it's hey, melted whale fat ma- uh maple syrup they got maple, maple syrup. syrup yes it's only but that's 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 not that's a dessert that you don't put that on you know i, I just I'm just saying I'm noting that southern climates seem to have really good food. And as you get more north, it's just like it really is like a Monty Python sketch. It's like, what are you eating? You know, like some some we have some mud and some rocks is for dinner. You know, it really. Oh, Canadian bacon's pretty good, too. Tim Hortons. Love Tim Hortons. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Wow. Food chat. But not when it goes strong. But not when you not when you have the whole like, come on, Italy, Mexico, southern Chinese food. Oh man. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm. I hate to do this stereotype here, but it's like the. I hate you, but the, I'm just gonna keep doing it for like minutes get, at a time. <laughs> I just, if you think about that northern climate, it's just like, what's for dessert? It's ice. Any, any flavoring? You mean like shaved ice? No, it's just ice. Got a little bit of flavored, you know, tusk from a whale or or whatever, like some arctic animal you've slain, and that's seals. Okay. No enchiladas, no nothing like that. Not a burrito or no. Oh, no, someone no. just mentioned hot pot. Oh, I'm really hungry now. Uh, let's go eat some lunch. Last question, really burning from friend of the show, Evocati Productions says, Gordon, will you add Flight Sim 2020 to your benchmark suite in the New Horizon? You know, I would, except it's not e- unless. So one of the things when you are reviewing a CPU. And you're under a deadline, and you basically are downloading games, and you are trying to juggle so many things to make sure they're on as even level as possible. 
the reason why a lot of people lean on games that have built-in benchmarks is it the as you reduce the variability of you screwing it up because you're doing the test on different systems many different times, it is safer to go with things that have scripted benchmarks because you can't screw it up. And it happens all the time. Let me tell you, I've been doing this a long time. You do more and more tests, more things, and there's a good chance you are going to screw up and be on the wrong side of the numbers. And it's hard to do. It would be cool to do, but I'm not sure if there's a... I haven't looked at whether there's a flight sim benchmark, but if there is something easy to do that's repeatable, then yeah, certainly. But it is a good chance I won't do it unless it's something scripted that I can't screw it up. Uh, there, there. It's it's not like a specific uh, benchmark that I know of. I think it's uh, because you can set uh, flight paths and have it run on a scripted path. You know what I mean? So you can do one path in in the game uh, that is scripted. Uh, yeah, but so I mean, from what that, I that, yeah, I mean, doing I those know. kind of scripted path things, maybe you know. But it's just it's just that the, there's a good likelihood sometimes of doing, especially when you get to very precise testing that. You, you did something wrong or something's off a little. But I've done things where I tried to do Battlefield 5 or maybe Battlefield 4. What was the one that nobody liked? The World War 1 Battlefield one? 5. So I, I have a device that lets me... Con- no, Battlefield that basically 1. is a Battlefield 1 that lets you send a um, <clears throat> the same mouse and keyboard control to separate computers. I thought I had I'd achieved the thing I've been trying to do for a long time. So I, I basically started the tank scene... And I wanted to drive through the game so I could, in an open world, do whatever I want and do the exact same things on two systems at the exact same time so I could do it. But in one world, because the game engine would randomly spawn rocks, you would be in the tank. One would hit a rock, and it would go over half a degree. So then it would start veering off. And, you know, 200 yards later, they're basically facing slightly off different directions. They'd be doing different things. It was just too hard to make it exactly the same. And if you can't do that, as for me, for my comfort level, unless I have more time, it, it makes it very difficult. Well, don't worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some Flight flight Sim 2020 on the 3400G. There we go. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you kidding. should give it a shot. <laughs> uh, but let's, uh, let's get out of here, Gordon. I'm hungry. All right, because we, we got to go get some, some, Canadian some northern bacon. food. Canadian bacon with some... I don't know. Salami or something. I, what is maple syrup. I don't even know what poutine is. Really? What is that? You don't know what poutine is? There's a oh place in gosh. Berkeley. Yeah, you should go there. Uh, I probably it's, just it's, insulted it's all those Canadians. I'm sorry, but... It, French fries, don't. right? You like French fries, right? Yeah. With gravy. Gravy. Like dark brown gravy. Uh, and then uh, cheese. Uh, like a uh, squeaky cheese. like um, Velveeta? No, 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 no. Uh, real cheese. Yes, real cheese. Like, it, there's a certain name for it. Uh, it's escaping me. Uh, That's like Amsterdam. You know what they put in Amsterdam? Mayo. It's good. It's heavy. It's thick. I, uh, that's a Pulp Fiction line. I'm just sad nobody recognized I mean, it. Poutine makes Cheese sense curd. if you're living yeah. in Alberta and the weather drops to like negative 40 C. So, <laughs> have you ever gone to. Calories. You ever go to Minnesota? And the first time I'd gone to Minnesota, Minneapolis. I realize like all of the like spam and just sort of artery choking foods comes from there. Like Hormel is based in Minnesota and there's other kinds of like classic northern foods. It's so cold we need to bulk up kind of foods. Yeah. I will say the yeah. one thing I miss about visiting the Midwest are cheese curds. Those are good. 
Yeah. Would you put Would you put that up against Mexican or Italian food? Cheese curd. Ooh. Poutine. I mean, I would take poutine right now over burrito. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. That was a shocker. I mean, mostly because I don't get poutine that often. There's that nice place in Berkeley. I'll, I'll get maybe once or twice a year. Uh, Willis took. How many? Okay, Adam. Uh, let me ask you this. But I have burritos a lot. <laughs> yes. How many times have you had Mexican food this year? Burritos. This year or this week? <laughs> I uh, it's the, I we usually eat Mexican probably like twice a week. But burritos are an American invention, like a Mexican American invention. Kind of. Well, like I mean, burrito, Chinese, like Mexican food, burrito, burrito taco. Chinese you know. American yeah. Food. But let me let me get this though. So you've probably oh, yeah. eat 150 to 200 burritos a year. I mean, not just and burritos. And you've had poutine how many times this year? Like, uh, I think I think I've only had it once this year, but definitely had oh, it twice okay. in the year. So I have a benchmark chart, and one is 200, and one is at one. So I think we can say Mexico 200. I mean, I can still say one's better than the other one. though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's lunchtime. Yes. It's time to can't go. say it's better My cat if you is have down one. The door. <laughs> one is 200, one is one. One is clearly better empirically. Gordon, Check back next here. week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio, listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com and please also review us. Every time you do, Elena and Adam will not understand how good it is to have horseradish and a house of prime rib, prime rib. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Elena Yee, who does not understand house of prime rib, prime rib with, with horseradish. Look, all I'm saying is I don't like horseradish, and I prefer to make consistent. And Adam, who doesn't understand 200 is greater than one, Murray. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>